Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special miniseries just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we die ugly and lonely and dead. I'm your host, the chimp-hailing Bob Mackie. And this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with us today? Henry Gilbert, and I'm not going to lie, a lot of people saw that. <laughs> and who do we have as a special guest? I'm Nina Matsumoto, stuffed with tacos. <laughs> and today's episode is Dumbbell Indemnity. And bring us the finest food you got, stuffed with the second finest. Excellent, sir. Lobster <laughs> stuffed with tacos. So good. Today's episode aired on March 1st, 1998. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby! Famous film bomb, Burn, Hollywood Burn, debuts in theaters. Madonna releases Ray of Light in record stores. Mm. And Pamela Anderson divorces Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee. Wow. Was that an Alan Smithy film, the first thing? It was thing? an Alan Smithy film. But, but it was also, the director took his name off it. Yes, yeah. In so t- it's a real Alan Smithy film. <laughs> in title, it was supposed to be a joke about an Alan Smithy film. And the, in case you guys don't know, the Alan Smithy practice is the accepted fake name name in the DGA Directors Guild that they allow a director to take their name off of and replace with a fake name. So when they were making this movie that's a parody uh, stand-up of Hollywood starring tons of real Hollywood stars who would like sit down for 10 minutes and be like, well, Jackie Chan's technically in this movie. They make this movie. It's apparently very bad. I've I've never seen more than two minutes of it. The director agreed that it was bad and took his name off of it for real. And so it really is an Alan Smithy film in credit. Meanwhile, that Ray of Lights, the beautiful, I think that's the one that is Beautiful Stranger on it, right? Or did, was that just for Austin Powers? I, I thought that was just for the Austin Powers Yeah, okay. He was the Beautiful Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember, though, this is when she came out as uh, Kabbalah, though, yeah. with this Ray of Lights uh, mm-hmm. album. And it went like 16 times platinum. It, it, uh, it sold quite a lot. It's a really good album. I, and I think it still holds up, too, to this yeah, day. I, and it also has like a lot of great music videos attached to it. Mm. I'm super into music videos. And I love the ones that this one, the ones that came out of this album, like Ray of Light. The titular <laughs> ray of light, Frozen, of course. That oh, one's really yeah, great. Oh yeah, that's a really good one. And nothing really matters. Oh, um, I love that one. That one, it was revealed in Twitter recently. One of the guys that worked on Silent Hill 2 said he was yeah. influenced by the look of that music video. That was a real eye opening. Like, oh, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, I don't think anyone <laughs> made that connection before. But when you watch that video, you're like, yeah, it does kind of give off a Silent Hill feel. Yeah, so just like how Kindergarten Cop was the influence for Silent Hill One, Madonna's video <laughs> was for two. I have not the, heard that. Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 school, this is so stupid. The school in Silent Hill 1 is the school from Kindergarten Cop because they're like, what does an American school look like? Uh. Oh, this movie's about a school. So if you play the game and then watch Kindergarten Cop, it's like the same place. Oh, I never seriously? Heard yeah. Either. I wow. didn't know that. No, if you, can, you, can, you can look at pictures online. It's great. <laughs> and uh, yes, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. What a uh, sad, not unlike.
like uh, the stars of this episode, yeah. a, a celebrity love story that ended too soon. Yes, uh, <laughs> they never made a sequel to that tape, did they? Ah, uh, yes. No. <laughs> anyway, sorry. it influenced the really good Mister Show sketch. Yes, yeah, dude, show me your weenus. <laughs> that's what she. That's what she says to him in the. And then later, she would try to say that he gave her hepatitis. When everybody's like, it's Kid Rock. It was Kid Rock. Everybody, come on, we we all. Future president Rock. No, all right. I, I I would accept the Rock is president yeah. before Kid Rock. Both rocks are going to run at some point. They'll both be president. I mean, this this uh, the world's over, man. Like <laughs> the satire is dead. But anyway, it's a hell of a toboggan ride. <laughs> oh, what's Burn Baby Burn about, by the way? Uh, so it's it's about Hollywood and making a movie and celebrity. It, uh, tons of celebrities are in it. And playing it didn't themselves. win an Oscar. No, because it's like it's mean to it, and it also just uh. had it had bad buzz. It's not like how you know the Aviator was about how Catherine Hepburn is the greatest woman of all time, mm. and they're like, well, we got a uh, Kate Blanchett is doing such a good job pretending to be Catherine Hepburn. We have to give her an Oscar right now. That's that's how it worked. This this was the opposite of that. Mm, okay, if it was a celebration of Hollywood, it probably would have been uh, very best picture. So. That yeah. Anyway, the d- Dumbbell Indemnity. This episode made me aware of Double Indemnity, and I've seen it like maybe four or five times in theaters in the Bay wow. Area. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, I was going to say you're a noir head, Bob, so I was looking to you for... I, I like film noir just fine, too, but yeah. uh, you, for me, first Marvel films, you <laughs> are to film noir. So it's funny that James M. Kane, a great uh, crime author, dead. He's been dead for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically wrote the same story twice, so Double Indemnity is essentially the the same story as the postman always rings twice. Oh, wow. They're both very good, but they're essentially the same story in which a new man enters a woman's life. The woman is married to an abusive, uh, often older man, and she gets the younger man to kill him mm-hmm. uh, to make it look like an accident. In this case, in the case of double indemnity, if the man is killed or if he dies while on a train, his insurance pays out a lot higher. And the hook for double indemnity is the guy that comes to visit is an insurance salesman. So he's killed by an insurance salesman. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good. Yeah. It's, it's got uh, Edward G. Robinson in it. It's got Fred McMurray in a rare non-Disney <laughs> goof-em-up role. He murders someone. In the, he murders a couple people in this movie. It's shocking yes. to see Fred McMurray in this. And Barbara Stanwyck. It's really good, but she's, I... She's a femme fatale for the ages. And I was re-watching it ahead of this. Uh, oh, really? Well, okay. Uh, clips. I, I seen it a long time ago, but uh, I just rewatched clips of it. It's on... If you've got stars, you can watch it right now on your Amazon Prime account. It's great. It has nothing in common with this episode except for insurance fraud. Insurance fraud is kind of... Yeah, I well, that's why I like that uh, Renee is not a femme fatale who is uh, yeah. using Mo. That she is just an innocent, and the only thing making Mo do what he does is crippling self hatred. Though I think they fail in this one, though, in that they got an Edward G. Robinson movie, and yet oh, Wiggum yeah. doesn't really play that role in this episode. Homer's more of the Edward G. Robinson type in here. Uh, also, I didn't realize until doing this research that like so it was the Kane Kane wrote it, but then the film version was like co written by Raymond Chandler so it's this I think that's what makes it such a great film noir is that you have the base of a classic film noir story and then you have one of the greatest noir writers of all time Raymond Chandler rewriting it he hated it Oh. He hated it. Uh, with James N. Kane, his books are all like, everyone is awful. Mm-hmm. The world is corrupt. There is no hope for anyone in this world. <laughs> Raymond Chandler, Philip Marlowe was like the white knight, mm-hmm. like the one good person in the world that would help other people. But in James M. Kane's world,
world, no one has redemption. Everyone is terrible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. When I read that this was based on an actual real life uh, event of, of fraud, except it ended with the man dead and the woman put in the electric chair when the first women ever executed by mm. America, which was like uh, her photograph of, of being in the electric chair was one of the most famous photos of the 1920s. Wow. She broke through the glass ceiling of executions. <laughs> I've never quite liked the title of this episode, though. It's no. kind of a forced joke. I mean, they would have a lot of fun with how sweaty the titles get later yeah. on in the run of The Simpsons, but Dumbbell Indemnity it's so hard is hard to say. To say. Yeah. Double Indemnity, nobody knows what it is outside of the one movie, mm-hmm. and even that has no relevance now. You have to accept the idea that, uh, that Homer is the dumbbell, which is like, who outside <laughs> of the 1950s calls a stupid person a dumbbell? That's like an Archie Comics uh, insult. <laughs> Dumb- I, did, I didn't even know that was an insult until like a day ago when Bob told me. <laughs> it's like, well, because dumb is in it. It's, uh, I thought it was they just called it that because the word dumb is in it, but I'm like, well, the dumbbell is you a thing dumbbell. you use to lift things, but apparently it's an insult too. I didn't uh, know. I, you know, I blame the Looney Tunesy titling bit on Ron Hauge writing this one because he, as we've talked about before, he is a Ren and Stimpy alum. So this feels like definitely a Ren and Stimpy episode could have been called a Dumbbell Indemnity as well. I would not have been surprised at that. This was a fun episode for me to watch at the time because uh, until actually rather recently, I was a very angry, lonely person like Mo is at the start <laughs> of this episode. And so uh, his angry self-hate that he projects at the world uh, was very um, easy to identify with for me at a time. And I've, I've had Mo-like <laughs> periods in my life, <laughs> but not no Mo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's over now. <laughs> uh, yeah, this episode features um, unlikely celebrity couple, um, <laughs> Hank Azaria and Helen Hunt. That's why I wanted to be in this episode, actually, because mm-hmm. uh, I ran a Hank Azaria fan site Whoa. Uh, from around 1998 to 2000. So I followed his life and career very closely during that period. Uh, my site was one of maybe four or five Hank Azaria fan sites out there. Mine was definitely the best, I would say. Like, because I cared the most about mm. him because <laughs> I was yeah. really into his voice work. But he wanted to be, I got a real feel from reading like interviews from back then that he wanted to be famous not as a voice actor, right? Like he, he wanted to be more really live action stuff. he wanted to break into acting, yeah. yeah. But there's definitely more uh, attention drawn to Helen, of course. Mm-hmm. And speaking of celebrity couples, oh. I'm kind of in a celebrity relationship. It's true. <laughs> sort of. The whole world is talking about me and Nina. That's right. Yes. <laughs> now, if you followed the several thousand clues I laid on the internet, you would have guessed months ago that we're dating. Well, m- more like if you follow both of us on Twitter it's kind of obvious like, why are they the same restaurants yeah well which is why I want like I'm a very private person and I normally wouldn't do this but since it's so obvious and it's getting it's getting hard to like skirt around the subject mm-hmm. and like hide it so I just want to come out and say yes yeah. we are dating yes uh, I I think uh, a number of commenters have said like they sound they sound like people who are I think some people have friends. caught on yeah yeah, yeah. But so, hey, you were right, guessers. <laughs> but now, hey. please leave respect our privacy, please. And anyway, we're we're going to be talking about relationships in this episode a lot. Mm. So it'd be weird if I was like <laughs> talking about this one episode day when with, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this uh, this Boy. is a huge and with, shock. And with Bob constantly mentioning his girlfriend on the podcast, <laughs> but never naming her or giving any clues as to what kind of person she is. Uh, not do that anymore, though. This is a huge shock to me. No. I have to say, <laughs> yeah. I have no yeah, idea. Right. Uh, no. 
sorry, I don't want to go on about this too long. Uh, but I, about Hank and Helen, <laughs> yes, yeah, Hank yeah. So I was really into Hank Azaria as a voice actor. I was into like the entire voice cast uh, growing up, and because uh, I like voice actors in general. But I liked Hank Azaria the most out of all the Simpsons voice actors. And he was getting into uh, he was the most in the spotlight, I suppose, because of his work outside of voice acting mm-hmm. and because of his relationship to Helen. So there was, you know, I could find the most news articles about him, and he would be in interviews as well. Yeah, yeah, he was getting cast in live action stuff way more often than Harry or Nan or Julie, who all had, you know, Nancy, well, I guess Nancy's the only one who was a career voice actress. Like, she barely appeared in live action roles, but Mm -hmm. all the rest of those people kind of fell into it. After Simpsons, it seemed like they were, like, I would see Julie in, she'd occasionally appear in, like, a Tracy Ullman thing. Like, she was in Tracy Takes On a couple times, and you'll see Dan every now and then. Yeah, I think aside from Hank, I would see Dan the most often. You still see him here and there, too, uh, Dan making little cameo appearances. So a little bit about Hank and Helen. And oh, by the way, and during this period, I was thrust <laughs> into the world of uh, Helen Hunt fandom. <laughs> oh, wow. Because like there wasn't a whole lot of eyes on Hank. It's just mm-hmm. people who are really into Helen Hunt who would also pay attention to him. This is right after she won the Oscar, though, right? For uh, oh, no. The timing on this, actually, I was going to mention that later. Okay. The timing on this episode is kind of uh, sad, but uh, with her, well, and happy with her Oscar win, BS. They started dating in 1994, and they did it for five years, and there was a lot of talk of, like, like oh, when are you guys getting married and all that? Mm-hmm. And actually, Hank first proposed, proposed to Helen earlier in 1997, and she turned him down. And then he proposed to her a second time in Hawaii in October 1997. Whoa. Wh- whoa. Oh, and then he and then she accepted. That's five months before this episode. So I wonder, did he do that because they did all those Hawaii lines in this episode? Mm, did that make yeah. him want to go to Hawaii? <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. It makes me wonder. Yeah. yeah. That, wow, that timing is eerie. I had no clue. Yeah. So after five years of dating, they finally married uh, in July 1999. So they were engaged for a while before they actually got mm-hmm. married, and they got married in their like Southern California home in their backyard. Like they didn't even tell their friends that. Oh wow. Uh, it was gonna be a wedding ceremony they just invited a whole bunch of their friends and apparently Hank's friends thought it was gonna be a mystery men related party because <laughs> mystery <laughs> men was just coming out <laughs> right but yeah it was just like a really low low key wedding and it sounded like a nice time but then they got divorced in December ahead. December 2000 yeah, yeah. I, I read on that that they also had been like separated six months before yeah. that so it was a uh I think I had like a year of being married, actually married. Not even. Separation. I yeah. think it was like 11 months or so. Ouch, man. Yeah, Helen filed uh, for divorce over uh, irreconcilable differences. That's sad. That's. Uh, I did find a clip of him on on the, uh, the... This Larry King show has come up a lot on our podcast. Oh, no. This was, this was a recent one, though, where he was... Larry asked like, oh, you guys are still friends? And he's like, eh, friendly. We're oh. friendly. Mm. Like, and uh, he wishes her well in her future uh, love life. Yeah, so... So post-breakup, Helen married Matthew Carnahan and had two kids with him. But they had a mess, a really messy breakup in 2017 oh, yes. after 16 years this. of marriage. Oh, that's sad. And Hank started dating an actress called Katie Wright in 2007. And they eventually married and had a son. And I think wow. they're still together. Oh, I didn't know. Wow. that's that's. Did you hear uh, him on Andy Cohen Live? No. Oh, wait. I did listen to a clip of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where he admitted how jealousy was an issue in the relationship. Oh, man. Yeah, that sounded tough. I mean, because he, yeah, he talked about he, I also didn't know he was best friends with Matthew Perry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He says, when your wife is Helen Hunt and your best friend is Matthew Perry, that is some pressure. 
pressure. <laughs> I had I had no clue he was feeling mm-hmm. such pressure. Well, I feel bad for him too because it's like you are so famous on The Simpsons, not as famous as Chandler or your Oscar-winning wife, but <laughs> The Simpsons is so huge, you'll be known forever. And he, everybody loves him in the acting roles he did. Like he had done Birdcage yeah. like three years before she was in as good as it gets. Well, I can identify. I'm very resentful of Nina's Eisner. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping they invent a podcast award of the same status that I can win. <laughs> is there any podcast award people? No, about? no. Right. They'll make some. No, eventually. every podcast award is just like we're throwing a party in LA. And if you show up, you get an award. You know, as more LA companies open up podcasting wings, I feel like they'll start investing in the Oscars of podcasting. And of course, we won't be invited as no, not no. being LA. <laughs> you do bring up how I have more Twitter followers than you. Constantly. <laughs> oh, boy. This every is... day. No, it's not true. Um, What's up, Mrs. We, 19K? Uh, although learn, we kind of dabble in similar industries, we yeah. have very different jobs, so no, I don't learn, really care about learn that. Learn from Helen and Hank, guys. Learn from them. Did you know that Hank Azaria uh, auditioned for the part of Joey for really? Friends? Oh, <laughs> oh, man. That has to haunt you forever. I know. He auditioned for the part of Joey, and he didn't get the part, and apparently he just went back in the audition, audition room saying, I'm not leaving until you give me this job. He refused oh, to be turned down for the job of Joey. Do you think that maybe he didn't realize realize he's a character actor I, he doesn't want to be yeah. yeah he wants to be a star he's like, such a good character actor but uh, I just don't think he's good in the starring role well there's no there's less fame and money in that you know it's true and, well and also in your mind you're like I'm a leading man I'm a leading man like he's I wonder if it if it bugged him that in Along Came Polly he's a character just a goofy character next to Ben Stiller who started as like a character actor and then he's like no 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 I'm mm. a movie star I'm Ben Stiller the movie star if you want to see Hank Azaria's butt watch Along Came Polly oh yeah and also Ben Stiller butt you'll see both of those butts in the, that movie hank is I always should. in good shape he is yeah. yes yeah actually that's a great commentary gag they one of the rare commentaries hank is on it's with gene and reese and reese always loves to joke how gay he is when he is not gay mm-hmm. uh but he's like hank is there, he says well, you know and i was just in along came polly and mike he's like oh i saw that <laughs> twice <laughs> But like Hank Azaria really had no career before The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I was looking at his credits list. I don't know why I never did this before, yeah. but really just like an occasional role here and there. He was Hollywood Dog, everybody. Look out for Hollywood <laughs> no. Dog coming in 1990 and then disappearing in 1990. And I guess uh, one of the major roles he had was a role in like Pretty Woman, but it was still mm-hmm. kind of minor. Mm-hmm. I've but, seen a bunch of like Hank's roles around that time in the late 90s just because I was like a huge fan of him and had read a fan site. Yeah. <laughs> I liked all the roles he was in though. How about Herman's Head? I had not seen that. Like, I try my best to find as many Herman's Head clips as possible online, <laughs> yeah. but it was so hard back then. Put it on Blu-ray. Or I, would, I would watch it. No one has saved it. <laughs> I wanted to watch anything with Simpsons voice actors in it, and there was Hank and Yordley in there. <laughs> That's the only reason I watch it, to be honest. I mean, it was full yeah. of like racy, sexy oh, Fox I jokes. Oh, I love those rec- racy yeah. Fox jokes, yeah, as a kid. I well this yeah, I uh, based on a commentary Hank Azaria does not want you to watch it. So, no, that's true. Uh, he, he, he kept telling himself during the filming of that at least you're not one of the guys in the head. He's outside of the head. <laughs> He's free. Of I know the that head. at yeah. some point in the series his character and Yarley Smith's character start dating. Yeah. Uh, so they have like oh, makeout scenes. That. Whoa! Wow. I. Well, I mean, yeah, I think uh, Hank, though, he he was so funny in, in Birdcage. Like, that was, mm-hmm. I think, when I realized who the face and the voice was. Like, I saw Birdcage with my mom, and afterwards, she's like, you know, that's uh, that's the Simpsons guy. I was like, what? He's in good oh. shape in that, too. He's always in he good shape. He said he he's always cast as, like, a naked foreigner, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is why he stays in good shape. Yeah, it's... Uh, they, they play put, a lot of different ethnicities, I think. I, I yes, read a... Yes, it's a, a very an... flexible ethnicity of him. <laughs> that's true. I read a more recent interview 
interview with him and the interviewer describing him, him as having bulging biceps. I was like, Whoa. wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, I bet he's jealous of like Zachary Levi now because Zachary Levi was goofy, hunky character actor like on Chuck. And now he's the star of Shazam in a very silly role. Mm. As a now is the time for buff comedy men. Back then he couldn't do anything as the buff comedy guy. Now he get cast as superheroes. You know, I wonder <laughs> if he felt he'd be good as Joey because he's best friends with Matthew Perry. Ooh, oh, good yeah. chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, and I think it was. A, I think he had like maybe one guest spot on Friends, and I think he also starred in like one of the many Friends copycats on yeah. NBC. Is like very short lived NBC sitcom. I also want to bring up he was on Mad About You a yes, bunch. Like yeah. I never liked Mad About You he's that much. He's not funny much. on it either. Um, I don't think he's What does he play on Mad About You? Nat the dog walker. He oh. walks Murray and he's yeah. just like, hey, day, I'm mad. I'm oh, yeah, he has walker. a very thick accent. I don't like it. It's kind of like a less uh, nasal mo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started watching Mad About You because he was on it. I wanted to catch his appearances and also because I was so deep in the Helen Hunt fan community <laughs> and uh, I wanted to be able to talk to my uh, Helen Hunt fan friends about the show, even though I wasn't a huge fan of it. It was like syndicated, so it was on all the time, so it was uh, really yeah. catch, but I've seen all of the appearances. It was competing with The Simpsons at this time, yeah. directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill and Josh shit on it multiple times. <laughs> they were not fans of it, which is funny because Hank was a regular appearer on the show. Yeah, he was only supposed to be on there like once or twice. So the Buckmans, um, Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser's uh, characters on there, they have this adorable dog named Murray. And there's one episode where uh, Murray's acting up while they're away. So they hire a, a dog walker and that's played by Hank Azaria. But he was such a fan favorite that they kept bringing <laughs> him back. And eventually uh, Hank was hooked up with their babysitter when they had a baby. Oh, they hired a babysitter played right. by, I don't know, have you ever seen Six Feet Under? Yes. Oh, yeah. The woman who married Nathan. Oh, the Australian woman. Yeah. God, what's her name? Yeah. I can't remember, but she played uh, Arlie, oh, okay. who was a babysitter, and then wow, I she got together with Nat on I, the show. I, I, that was, I've watched more Mad About You than I care to admit. But, uh, me too, uh, me too. I've well, probably watched the most out of all of you guys. <laughs> you definitely you guys. have. But uh, I made a joke about this earlier. Nina, your site was declared a safe zone for Helen Hunt fans. Yes. <laughs> the, the official plaque I got a, and everything. Yeah, a, a badge of honor from a Helen Hunt fan site, one of many. <laughs> well, because some, well, because Hank Azaria fans back then were hating on Helen Hunt, so you're, you wanted to show yours wasn't against Helen Hunt or no, they weren't hating on Helen Hunt. Okay. I don't know what it. <laughs> Usually, know, was... if people are fans of celebrity, they they won't like the celebrity's mm-hmm. boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife because they want them themselves. Oh no, there or... were there were plenty of like male Helen Hunt fans who who openly express her jealousy over Hank. For uh, sure, I uh, I've seen the opposite with wrestling fans recently. Sorry, I always enjoy <laughs> wrestling, but there was a lot of wrestling last night. Henry just watched sixteen hours of wrestling. <laughs> He's had a wrestle. He has a WrestleMania hangover right now. Uh, but what? Two of the most famous wrestlers in WWE right now who are both loved by the opposite sex. They revealed their dating. So it was Seth and Becky. They revealed they were dating. And now Seth and Becky are getting a lot of shit from the opposites fans. Of like, how dare you? How mm. dare you? Like, they- well, I want to point out to all of our fans out there, Nina and I love you as friends. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as far uh, as it'll go. You know, the timing of him on Mad About You was uh, interesting, too. Because, yeah, they started dating in 94 and he gets on the show in 95. Mm-hmm. It was something, too, in the 90s, just this feeling of when you know a celebrity couple exists, mm-hmm. you keep waiting for the celeb to appear on the other person's show or in movies uh-huh. with them. Did it's that just happen like a, normally? Uh, well, I it was a countdown until Brad Pitt appeared on Friends, and he eventually did. I'm trying to think of some Hank other Hank Azaria is also on Friends. Yes, yeah. Actually, when he went back and demanded the role of Joey, they gave him a, another role instead. He played the role of David, who um, Phoebe dated for a while. Oh, okay. And 
they were like almost about to get married almost, but then uh, she chose another guy over him. You remember the Mad About You finale flashes forward in time? Yes, and I wanted to talk about that yeah. too. <laughs> but so if they bring it back, what do they do with that finale that said what oh. 20 years from now is? Like that's that's what I've been wondering. They are bringing it back. That's yeah, right. There's yes. going to be a reboot. Yeah, Spectrum Originals picked up a Mad About You reboot. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cable network. That Spectrum I, is a yes, cable network, yeah. Yeah, so I guess they're going to have it exclusively on their cable network. I don't know. Everything's making content now. I don't understand. So Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser are going to be uh, executive producers on that. And Helen's going to direct the first episode. It's set to launch in 2019. So oh, that's great. She's probably not getting the same paycheck as she was for Mad About You on NBC. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were getting paid like a million or yeah. 1.5 million per episode near the end there. I think Paul Reiser had in his contract that he gets paid as much as Helen or they get <laughs> paid as much as each other. So when her ship rose, so did his. That's a hey, good yeah. for him. So Henry, you watched the finale of Mad About I You? I did, yes. You remember yeah. Hank and that? I forget what his ending was. I just remember the. I remember their dog dies. I remember his dad dies. I remember they get a divorce and then they get back together and that their daughter is Janine Garofalo. Yeah, Janine Garofalo played uh, Mabel, their daughter, as an uh, older woman. Because mm-hmm. um, she's like making a movie a about them about, in yeah. the future, yeah. There's one scene in the finale. It's like a... I think it was the finale where this happened. Jamie has... Helen Hunt's character, Jamie, has a dream where she wakes up next to uh, Nat, played by oh, Hank, yeah. in bed. <laughs> and she has a dream where they're married and they like kiss in bed. Ah, uh, that's cute. And it's really that's, sweet, uh, but now it's probably depressing to look back on for them. Yeah. <laughs> or for Hank, anyway. Mm. Well, but... And, well, so this is, though, the payback now, finally, that they get, like, he did all those spots on Man About You, and I bet all the Simpsons writers are chomping at the bit, like, get us Helen Hunt. You, What are you good for, Hank, if you can't get his Helen Hunt on this show? Come mm. on. And so she sort of comes on to play a non-character. Mm-hmm. Just like a pleasant force in Moe's life. <laughs> I, well, it feels almost like they drew it to look like her in a wig. It kind yeah, of does look yeah. like her, yeah. yeah. I like her design, at least. I like the design, yeah. I like this episode, but she is sort of a non-person. Yeah. Well, well, this came at such a time when Helen was trying to transcend television. I mean, she was. She mm-hmm. she did the Oscars. She did Deep Impact before this. Like, that was her 96 movie or late early 97. Yeah, 96-ish or something, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then after Deep Impact, then she did Twister, and then Jim Brooks himself hooked, uh, cast her in As Good As It Gets. And uh, that's where she... Uh, you know, what is a worse boyfriend for her? Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets or Mo? Who's who's a worse person? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Mo. No, no, no. Jack Nicholson. I would because say Jack Nicholson. He's he treats done, her worse. He's done yeah. real crimes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but she's she's very good in that movie. I uh, She's very sweet and wonderful. I mean, she's, she's also a manic pixie dream girl a little bit, except she gets to have a real life. But there is no reason she should date that awful man. I was very <laughs> mad. She's like, you know what I need in my life? A 60-year-old insane person. I just remember like way too many screen caps of her one nude scene. Yes, yeah. She shows All the top of, the of her butt. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit of her breast as okay, well. Yeah. Side boob. It was a nice PG-13 nudity. Yes. There were some guys online who would just like screen cap every millisecond of that <laughs> and post them all over the internet. It was the early day of nudes online as actually in Dots Bus we got to see what that was like uh, mm. waiting for your Kate Mulgrew uh, fakery to load up. The, uh, <laughs> she was also in Pay It Forward or as I call it the man who wouldn't burn up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that she had uh, she had the bad she had kind of the sophomore jinx of post Oscar stuff. She I mean she started in some other good stuff too but yeah Pay It Forward is such like a naked Oscar grab that it mm. becomes quite maudlin and terrible and she was in what women want oh, which okay. i saw in theaters like back-to-back movies with kevin spacey and mel gibson yeah, yeah. oh how the oh, times have oh, changed boy yeah. and she was like the wife in castaway i never saw castaway 
How does the wife figure it. in? Is she like at the oh, very beginning and the very end? Yeah. Well, I saw in the trailer, he comes back. It's like, I don't need to see the movie. I get that it. fucking trailer. I know. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that when I first saw the movie. I didn't know they gave that away in they the trailer. Get, they do give it away. They, it, That's why the, I don't yeah. like watching trailers. She opens the door, she's like, honey? Yes, yeah. <laughs> she's in there a fair bit okay. because of that. Yeah, it felt, once you show off that he's on the island, like, just uh, let's leave us at that and let us be surprised. Yeah, She I'm, plays fretful wife, number one. <laughs> yeah. But she was a huge superstar back in this time, though. Yeah. In fact, uh, totally. I found like an interview where Hank says that like, like getting over someone is like a grieving process, but you know, when you walk outside and you see your ex... <laughs> plastered all of our billboards and sign that <laughs> that makes it harder makes it harder it just reopens a wound every single time that has to be pretty that, that would suck yeah i the timing of this episode really got me on their breakup because this episode was the start of march march 23rd is when she wins the oscar wow okay that, you have to think that was kind of the end uh the beginning of the end there because he just couldn't take it good like, timing to get a pre-oscar yeah. she'd be too big yeah. for the show post oscars i wonder if they sat on this to wait for the oscars mm. like now mm. the Helen Hunt buzz as it uh, is at its peak. Mm-hmm. Fox decides, let's air this one now. Uh, yeah, it was really good time. And I mean, she was also in the Jim Brooks family. I mean, even if Hank wasn't dating her, they could have gotten Jim to ask her to be in the show. And again, Jim's never scored him Jack Nicholson. So I was really hoping Hank would be in the commentary for this and that he would talk a little about <laughs> yeah, his past yeah, why not? <laughs> there's yeah. uh, there's some real silences on this commentary here. <laughs> I really want to hear more about how they work together on this episode. Yeah, me too. Like, they certainly must have acted together and yeah. did they pitch it of like well okay we've got Helen Hunt what do we do she has to have a lot of scenes with Hank who of Hank's characters do we give a girlfriend to well did they know? get Helen Hunt first and then write this episode or mm, was it the other way I around wonder. oh man what if this is some real what if here what if they originally wrote that Apu Manjula episode of like and Helen plays Manjula and then you two fall in love then like oh no we, uh, she wanted a different person that's just uh, I'm totally making things up here. Hmm. what if The Simpsons will be right back. Hey, stop saying Hawaii in there and sign up for patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. That's what helps me and Bob do this every week and also work with our cool friends like guest Nina Matsumoto, who really helped us out this week with her amazing insights into the world of Hank Azaria. And if you would like to hear next week's episode a week ahead of time and ad-free, or the same for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where we go through a different animated series in the same talking Simpsons style, well, then you're just going to have to go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. $5 a month will get you access to that and support me and Bob, and you'll get a ton more. You'll get access to our many miniseries, including our new weekly miniseries, Talk King of the Hill, where me and Bob go through the entire first season of King of the Hill one Friday at a time. You can only hear those if you sign up now at $5 a month. That's like a whole nother Simpsons podcast a week, but set in Arlen, Texas. And you'd also get to hear our previous miniseries, Talking Critic, where we did the entire series, The Critic, in the same style as well as Talking Futurama, where we did the first season of Futurama just the same, plus a ton of exclusive interviews with folks who have worked on The Simpsons that you won't hear anywhere else, where we chat with Jeff Martin, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, Mike Scully, David Silverman, Mark Kirkland, and so many more. You'll only hear them on Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. There's tons more stuff I can't even list. I'm running out of time. You have to go to Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons today and sign up. 
Are you the kind of fancy person who has a Players Club card? Then I suggest that you sign up for the premium membership at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. $10 a month, folks. Get access to all of our previous video content that was only available to $10 and up people and our monthly What a Cartoon Movie Podcast. We do the Talking Simpsons treatment to a different animated feature film each month. They are always over three hours long and we go in-depth into a different movie each month. We've done Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, a goofy movie, The Secret of Nim, and our sixth one that just came out was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 18 hours of premium podcast of me and Bob for you if you sign up at $10 a month right now and you'll get to hear next month as well for that price. Please be sure to check out the premium level. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. I also think in terms of production, this episode shows just how different of a show Mike Scully was running because in actually very recent interviews, Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley have talked about, they've been more candid about what Fox thought of them, like no one cared what we were doing. <laughs> uh, James L. Brooks was off making movies, like uh, as good as it gets. Matt Groening was off doing Futurama, no one was paying attention. But then there was a sense like, what the hell are you guys doing? So we <laughs> see Mike Scully getting like Helen Hunt to come on the show and Mel Gibson and people like that. And meanwhile, Bill and Josh were like, Lawrence Tierney, Jack yeah. Lemmon, <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. They were having more fun, but Mike Scully was definitely good for the show in terms of getting big stars. Yeah, Scully understood the star power of a guest star for promotional purposes, which, you know, as artists, I like that Bill and Joss issued that. And we're like, we're not advertising stars. We're getting who we want as a good voice. But, you know, having the Rolling Stones on your show gets, or you too, gets a bunch of publicity. Like, like that, for, it does. For Bill and Josh, Stalker Channing was the big star they couldn't get. <laughs> not Helen Hunt. Uh, I feel like this episode was written for Helen, though, just because yeah. they played it so safe with her character, like two safe and Bob you were talking about how she's kind of a nothing character yeah um, I I try to think of like how could they have made her character more interesting because I know they didn't want to vilify her yeah. so they didn't want to make it so that she's only after his money and wanted yeah. to be spoiled I I take this as a blessing that she is just a boring character because the Scullyers aren't known for how great they write women and I, I honestly like or this is not a Scully production this is you know the pilot for the critic yeah. I worried they'd write her they could write her similar to the the love interest in that first episode of the I critic. guess at least she has a name yeah, she has a name, yeah. and she's also not bad. Like, she's also not... I almost wish she was kind of bad, just so she, there's something to her character. You it would know? give her more to do, yeah. If you think about past uh, love interests Mo had... The waitress. The waitress from uh, Flaming Mo episode. Like, she had a bit of a, a bite to her, just because she was yeah. kind of a Diane or Becca. supposed to be Diane. Yeah, that's all she yeah. was. There's that, and what's her name? Oh, did she have a name? The Lovematic Grandpa. I know that's not canon, Oh, but no, no. She's... No. I mean, she's a woman. Actually, <laughs> the... The, the dying from that episode didn't have a name either. That, no, she did. Colette. Oh, she oh. introduced herself like, well, I'm Colette, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, she, okay. I wrote this down. I, I didn't remember it. Yeah. I had to do the that's research. That's the Lovematic Grandpa one? No, that's no. the uh, dying. Lovematic Grandpa did not have a name. There's no time for her. But she had a bit of sass to her, too, yeah. just because she's written like a sitcom character. Oh, she 
she's totally a Friends guest star. She's a Seinfeld yeah. one episode date. Like that's who she is. Totally. Yeah, but that's that also is not in canon. So he's when he says he hasn't had a date in four years, I, I stand by that <laughs> uh, not being canon. So when I was trying to think of like how they could have made Renee more interesting, I thought maybe they could make her more believable as someone uh, who would date someone like Mo. Like this is a a future episode, but the episode where the comic book guy and Agnes date. Mm. They're talking about how like, oh, we finished each other's insult. And yeah. And Mo is a very, you know, snarky character. So maybe she could be a bit more snarky too and have yeah. that, that bit of edge to her. He could have at least he could have ended up with someone who has a little bit of the gutter on her, like to match his uh filth. But uh, Yeah, it just makes you wonder why is she dating this guy? That's why they have a great scene to explain that. Uh, well explain it as best yeah. they can. <laughs> well this this also was the era of, you know, everybody loves Loves Raymond pre- premiering, and this it is sitcom writers like writing horrific men who are with wonderful yeah. put upon women. Yeah. Like they probably there's something uh, about the Hollywood male writer psyche in there, but um, they maybe they also feel like we've got Helen on the line here. Let's not scare her away with some extreme choices with her character she might not agree with. You know, true, but I I just don't like it when writers try their best not to like vilify a woman to the point where the woman has no personality mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the case here I, I still take it as a blessing of like I don't I don't think they can write a strong female character that they don't abuse so <laughs> I'm rather mm-hmm. if it I feel like it is a choice between a very vanilla woman or an awful woman and I feel like yeah, I'd, I'd rather have them write vanilla than, mm-hmm. than a awful. vanilla woman with a, with a real ass <laughs> yeah. at least no she scars. has a cool she is shapely at least she has an interesting design yeah I like it <laughs> and they were talking yeah. about it in the commentary too they said yeah. they wanted to give her like a unique quality so you can mm-hmm. see a woman like this dating mode yeah well she's also costumed in a way that like Helen Hunt wear, wore those kind of clothes like in As Good As It Gets or uh, the the blue shirt like, yeah. yeah She doesn't wear skirts Very often though No girls. that's true Yeah She looks weird Standing next to the Characters designed in 1989 <laughs> Especially as freakish As Mo Yeah is, like, but... Speaking of character design I love how Mo Goes through so many Outfit changes in this Yeah, yeah. He has like Five different outfits That's really I wonder why They uh, Yeah they changed up So much Especially his suspender one I'm like Huh that's yeah. weird Yeah like, I understand Why they had to do it Because he has to be Shown outside of his His bar mm-hmm. Like his leisure time <laughs> They created like Two different outfits For him though but he wears his apron all the time outside of the bar. He, well, actually, you know, he's no, trying to dress much. up nice for his date. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I have noticed that his missing tooth appeared for one scene mm. in the show. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, actually. we'll note it when we get. I didn't notice it either. I'm waiting to see here. The, I guess. Well, why don't we get into the episode then? Now, uh, I think this episode begins with a Texas snowball fight, which is a very funny naming convention. I do like that a lot. You know, it really stuck with me watching this episode. This is one of the meanest episodes to March, to March they've yeah. ever done. Like. Like they Marge really gets it in this one. Coming home to just like filth and water yeah. pouring out of every window and <laughs> yeah. chimney. Like this is divorce worthy. Like yeah. to leave your wife with this. Well animated stuff. water though. It's amazing looking <laughs> ass. But uh, yes, let's hear Homer trying to fix that water heater. Whoa, that's a snowball fight. <laughs> 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 oh, Bart, that has nuts in it. Hey, I thought your mother told you to take a bath. Yeah, Mom says a lot of things. Oh, I understand, kids. I'm not a bath man myself. More of a cologne man. (laughs) Actually, we can't take a bath anyway. The water heater is broken. Don't worry. Daddy'll fix it. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Out of my way, she's gonna blow! 
right, sweetie. I'm off to Mo's. Love you. I feel like there are quite a few scenes in the series of characters running away from an exploding thing in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, was it the dryer in uh, Homer's Phobia? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, the dryer previously exploded. Now the water he exploded to an absurd degree that has filled the entire house with water. Real jerk-ass moment of shoving past his children to get out of there. And uh, I think there must be a deleted scene because Marge's hair goes from not drooping to drooping yeah. in a frame. So I think they, I'm saying they're too mean to Marge, but they at least deleted a scene where she gets blasted with water while she walks in with arms full of groceries like it's so so the, the comedy is that homer abandons her at such drink. a horrible time to go drink but uh it's so mean to marge this one i think they got a little too much comedy out of cruelty to marge have you ever had to deal with severe water damage to your property? No, no, I've never. Me neither. Uh, I have escaped it one time. Uh, it was pretty amazing, but also embarrassing. So I was on, this was at my old apartment in Berkeley. I have gone home for the holiday season. So I'm in Florida for two weeks. My apartment is empty. I left my apartment unclean because I thought, eh, I'll clean it when I get home. I'll do all this laundry when I get home. Mm-hmm. I've left two loads of laundry in my bathroom uh, on the floor i get a call a week into my trip that they have replaced the toilet in my bathroom because there was a leak in it that they didn't know that i didn't notice when i left and the my entire floor was so wet that they only found out when it was dripping downstairs and so uh they had to completely replace the toilet and then they also washed all my clothes because they're like well it's covered in toilet water we'll just wash laundry service (laughs) yes well and uh and they also said like you gotta have your apartment more clean my landlord like gave me shit for my clean wow but all i got to see was a dry apartment that I came back to with a brand new toilet so uh that is that's the most water damage i've had to deal with and uh, i didn't have to deal with it which for it thank goodness uh, that was uh, i guess a christmas present. but also it was incredibly embarrassing that my landlord had to see all my dirty clothes <laughs> it's like a hallmark christmas movie a toilet for henry <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i also the the texas snowball fight i wonder if they hoped like children would copy that like mm. if they would inspire them to it's a waste of good ice cream yeah yeah <laughs> uh, they should be taking a bite and then throwing or homer should like eat it off the walls that'd be a good gag you know actually hey i've been meaning t- i just remembered nina you blew my mind with the simpsons art note so somebody asked us on a, a previous episode is homer's shirt supposed to be read as a polo shirt or a button-up me and bob were sure it was supposed to be polo but you have a different opinion as a professional simpsons artist yeah polos are drawn in a very specific way on the simpsons it has like a thicker collar and it has like the buttons on front and usually there's like ridging on the the sleeves and the bottom of the hem as well the bottom of the shirt i was thinking like oh who in the show wears a definite polo shirt and it's hank scorpio when he's wearing his pink polo uh, okay uh, i was actually shocked when you guys both thought it shocked? was a polo. yeah i was like <laughs> what because i've never heard of it being seen as a polo shirt before i've always heard of it being referred to as a button-up i just mm. couldn't uh, i've never in my life imagined buttons on homer's shirt i don't I, I, yeah. think he's ever unbuttoned it really yeah yeah fully the only time I can think of Homer unbuttoning his shirt is when he came home and Colonel Homer, and uh, that was a different shirt. That's a different he, shirt, yeah. He was sexily unbuttoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His gut come out. Uh, no, because he wears it to work with a tie sometimes. Yeah, that makes like sense. Stark Raven's like dad. 
Yeah. It's like the Sipowitz does it. Yeah, exactly. That episode doesn't exist anymore. No, no, no. We can't talk <laughs> right. about it anymore. So it's stricken from the record. It's not evidence anymore. <laughs> if you uh, were to wear a pink dyed shirt. <laughs> if you had. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Well, the, I no. think it's supposed to be a, a, col- a collared button down shirt. I mean, you're the pro here. You've drawn that yeah. shirt many, many times. And I've drawn, so. I had to draw polo shirts too. So. All right. So there That's you go. That's just my folks. opinion, it's... though, as a official Simpsons artist. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, next time. You know what? If we ever interview Dave Silverman again, and we'll we'll double check with him. Yeah. But I'm, I'm trusting your call on this now, Nina, as our, All right. as our most expert call on this. <laughs> we're wrong again. <laughs> uh, but yes, the, yeah, Nina, you're really only on here to tell us we're wrong. <laughs> no, I I also I do really love the sentiment of mom says a lot of things. Like I I felt that about bosses who I hate. Like yeah, boss says a lot of things. I do. Like just a complete disrespecting of authority there, which it's mean to do to Marge again. Another cruelty to Marge. But I like I like pointing it at bosses. And uh, yeah, like you said, the the water fall that's going from like the uh, chimney out is is really great and that it's not the entire house it's like you can tell there's a source of water in one yeah. place and it can only spread and so it's like far. murky water too mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it could have been brown though it could have been like grosser mm-hmm. yeah yeah True. the fact that it had some sort of coloring to it made it pretty gross it's, though. it was clear water <laughs> almost clear uh <laughs> clear enough <laughs> uh and so then we head to moe's where we get to hear about how homer is such a blissful happy drunk and how moe is not to march and all the blissful years I've spent hiding from her in this bar. Yeah, big deal. You got a wife. I got a rash. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Homer. It's just, it's been four years since my last date with a, what you call it, a uh, woman. Whatever happened to your mail-order bride? Uh, she got homesick for her old life, diving for tourist pennies in a Micronesian swamp. So her career got in the way. Yeah, I don't blame her. No girl wants to end up with a Joe Puke pair like me. No, no, I won't hear of it, Mo. You're a fabulous catch. Oh, yeah? Well, uh, how come I ain't fending off movie starlets with a pointy stick? Oh, it's probably due to your ugliness. But that doesn't mean we can't find you a woman. Come on. We're going to the darkest bar in town. I feel like the writers of the Scully era were less in love with uh, the Burns flowery dialogue and more in love with Moe's guttery dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, there's there's a shift from uh, Burns to Moe in yeah. these years. They Moe really takes center. St- I mean, Moe had been in a lot of scenes before, but I think there was never a, other than Flaming Moe's, like there wasn't another Moe-centric episode until... Uh, the Scully years. It was saying fending off movie starlets. That feels like an intentional <laughs> wink to where deliberate. this episode goes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, though, yeah, we, we talked about his dating history before, but I do want to say you could say he never went on a date with Colette because they worked together. Maybe he never dated her anywhere. But that otherwise, if he went on dates with Colette, he has had a date in four years. If you if you take the start of the show as within the same year as now. We don't do that. <laughs> Maggie hasn't aged at all. It has to be within the same year as the first season we can't do that uh though apparently one other date he had had in an episode that could be considered non-canonical was a season 17 never-ending story then seemingly never-ending story where in a flashback he is dating edna and then edna leaves him because she decides seeing a boy like bart she wanted to teach it inspired her to teach so she became a teacher and leaves him but it's in a story told by like unreliable narrators so you can't completely treat it as canonical i think but uh, that's that's the only other date he i can find him having uh prior to this one and that and that involves going to a future episode mail order bride jokes just make me sad now they were fun they they seemed funny then but now i just think of the misery of 
the people who become mail order brides, and it just makes me sad. When I was a kid, uh, of course, I didn't know about the horror of it or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't know it was a euphemism to cover up something very ugly. I thought it's like, oh yeah, you pay for a wife and she shows up. What's mm-hmm. the big deal about that? I'm, I'm eight years old. <laughs> I don't really see mail order bride jokes as often anymore. Yeah, I think... Well, now that we talk more about things like sex trafficking, it's not as funny. Yeah. Though, I mean, I do love the concept that Mo is so horrible that she would rather go back to trolling for pennies in a Micronesian swamp than be near him. That's uh, And that. so here's the key problem with Mo. He is full of self-hatred and self-loathing, like, and he's projecting that onto the world, and that's not very attractive, you know? It's like, true. Yeah. I don't think... I didn't I didn't understand this for the longest time. I was like, why, why won't people date me? I'm very mad and hate myself. Uh, what's <laughs> so the attractive. fucking going on here? I could, that's a lesson for all of you guys out there and gals, everybody, everybody out there. You would think that Moe's is the darkest bar in town, but uh, it's apparently It's got plenty not. of dank, but that <laughs> disco is danker. <laughs> <laughs> they have a Stu's disco at the Universal. Oh, you're right. I forgot it was from this episode. I had completely forgotten that it appeared. I thought they made it up for the place, sir, that it was a later season joke. I. It's not the cleverest name, but I, I, I like it. Though, I never saw Disco Stu is rich enough to own his own club. Well, yeah. How does he get any business if he doesn't advertise? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's... Uh, he's uh, been doing it the whole time. This is like the third real appearance of Stu as a <laughs> as a joke, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, but he's not even in this. He's on the billboard, yeah. but there's no scene of him. But the joke here. is about him. Yes, yeah. By the way, did you notice the brown-haired Luann in this scene? Yes. Yeah. They, there's, there's a couple fuck-ups in this episode. That Well, that was the only real animation fuck-up, but I have another note later. Maybe but, she dyed uh, her hair. <laughs> or it's just the lighting is so weird in that place it changed it no yeah no i don't think no. so they they messed up i yeah. and i mean she's dancing with pyro which it's just their night out they're going out to dance together that's a that's a fun couple thing going out to dance to do disco. people still go dancing and i never have dates. but i'm i'm a boring person you call that going to the club <laughs> yeah. yeah me and darren are like doing that. Uh, the most uh our date nights are seeing a marvel film or staying in and watching a marvel film <laughs> now we're watching wrestling uh <laughs> right, bob has to take me to the hottest disco in <laughs> Berkeley now. Mm, boy, uh, it's got to be a roller thing? disco or else I'm not going. <laughs> I also thought that Sanjay standee joke was weird. I don't, I don't know why it's Sanjay. I guess yeah. he is uh, swarthy because he's got like a medallion. I mean, yeah. um, when uh, Shivam was on the podcast, he told us why they look like they're from the 70s because yeah. like the fashions are a bit behind. So he's sort of like got a very disco look to him but automatically. That's why in the 90s, Sanjay and Apu were drawn to look like they had 70s apparel yeah. because the, yeah, that, that was the trend at the time apparently. But now it, just, it feels like they just pulled somebody out of their character pack like it who was, is the swarthiest among you maybe sanjay had a, a brief stint as a stock photo model uh, <laughs> that's an episode uh, yeah i but it also just feels weird to make a skin color joke with one of their few minority characters in sanjay mm, too swarthy like, doesn't necessarily mean uh skin like i thought it meant like tan or dark skin like it like you have to be is it is it more a sense of being to I be think swarthy? it's like a, I think it's a state of being yeah okay. I, I think so too alright I think it's like a, he's a, got a shirt open with his chest hair like a sweaty <laughs> hairy masculinity yeah alright you can uh, be a swarthy pirate <laughs> also when they're dancing Mo is wearing a tux which I am going to assume he stole off a corpse actually uh, swarthy literally means dark skin yeah okay but I, thought, I don't <laughs> think anyone refers to it like that in, in right. as an adjective dictionary I've never heard that before yeah dictionary.com says otherwise saves us again yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> also worth noting in this episode with Mo when he's trying to get a date, he is a registered sex offender. This has been previously established. Oh, oh, right. That's probably uh, Wait, uh, what was always the... a line that was in uh, oh. Millhouse Divided. Okay, okay, yeah. Homer is standing in the line. What he thinks is to get a divorce, but it's actually the line to register as oh, a sex. I offender. forgot that. Okay, I forgot that was in the episode. So keep that in mind about Mo too. Like he's, uh, I, I kind of wonder Mo when you're also constantly trafficking in illegal animals and making bets that will make people take your thumbs like all these all these things like I understand why no woman is with you. Mo. I want to hope Mo was not doing anything too dark and just like masturbating in a movie theater. <laughs> That's how he got that offense. Yeah, yeah. He's a regular Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> uh, but yes, Mo Mo is having some problems on the dance floor. Uh, I don't know, Homer. Women can smell panic, and uh, right now I gotta be reeking of it. Relax. All I smell is garlic and fish. <sighs> You look pretty clean. You uh, mind if I had this dance? It's all yours. Ha. Okay, I won't lie to you. A lot of people saw that. But you gotta <laughs> keep trying. <clears throat> so, hi there. Uh, don't scream. Oh, hi. <laughs> Wanna join me for a Bacardi and soda? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Or maybe you'd prefer a cool, refreshing Bacardi Colada. Sure, whatever. Because Bacardi makes the night come alive with freshness. Uh, do you work for Bacardi? No, I'm in love with you. At the liquor store I go to, there's often one of these women there. Really? Not like sitting down at a table, but like with like a little stand offering free booze. And oh. I always think she's going to put a bumper sticker on my head. That's different though. <laughs> yeah. It's not like she's sitting at a bar. No, no. But I always think of the scene. Uh, uh, this the, I, o- the only reason I've ever had Bacardi is probably because I remember like, oh yeah, Bacardi and Cola. That's like Mo got offered that. Mm. I better order it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I really, I really hate the song uh, Brick House. It's a comedy it's, song. It's like comparing a woman to a finely built toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I I am just tired of it as a joke song. It's in like just trailers, been, it's been used in yeah. in, the, in this period of time. There the Simpsons be... were not being original using it. Like everybody used it as a comedy song and stuff. There should be like a funky grandma dancing to it. <laughs> it does work for the scene, though. It yeah, does, yeah, yeah, it does fit. They, they just, are in a disco. I agree with the choice, but that that song rankles me. <laughs> rankles me, I say. Uh, have you? Uh, but I'm I'm more of a vodka and whiskey guy as opposed to a rum. Rum is like third tier of hard mm. liquor. I do prefer hard liquor to to beer, but uh, I'm a bourbon lower. a bourbon boy. <laughs> Though I do like rum on a, on a vacation, I'll I'll have a rum drink. I like all kinds of spirits except for rum. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, I've just never been introduced introduced to like really good rum. Maybe that's the problem. Except at like the tiki bar. Yeah. So did oh, you yeah. guys have the? Well, I was going to ask. Did you have the Dole Whip with rum when you went to the Disneyland together? Oh, they don't have rum there. Ah, uh, you have to go to the hotel and order sneak it. Sneak it like, in your tummy. Uh, yeah. Well, now <laughs> so the at the Disney hotel, this this was the tip from the Disneyland masters. I had asked because they, they told me like if I I like Dole Whip fine. You guys are Dole Whip freaks, but Dole Whip's fine. Yeah. Yeah, we bought the hats and everything. But <laughs> but, uh, but people were telling me, oh, you got to try the Dole Whip float in rum. And uh, they said you have to go into the Disneyland. You can just get it by itself in World, but no alcohol in Disneyland is served. So you have to go to the Disneyland Hotel and they, in like their coffee shop, an official Disney coffee shop, they do are allowed to put rum into it themselves and serve oh, it to nice. you. So 
And it tasted really nice, but I always figure it's like, well, rum tastes good. So, I mean, it's it's just, it's a nice drink. That's yeah, I it. would go for that. But yeah, my favorites are uh, gin and whiskey, especially mm. bourbon. I also like tequila. Vodka is kind of down there for me. Like, it's good for mixing with things, but That's I don't what ever I drink love. it. So, <laughs> and then rum yeah. is like bottom tier for me, just because rum, I've never had wow. good rum. I wouldn't have a Bacardi. I would <laughs> probably want something like a craft rum because a lot of spirits I didn't get into until I tried the craft versions ah, like gin fancy. I've introduced a lot of people to gin because they say mm. they don't like gin and then I'm like well there's so many different flavors of gin out there you gotta try craft gin the good stuff I do like I, I like gin in the way I like vodka but I am I'm more of a mixed drink person I want sweet mm. things with mm-hmm. my alcohol I don't I guess uh, that's why because <laughs> yeah. I prefer to have things straight uh, and not mixed no in thank anything. you too I'm not straight here buddy <laughs> <laughs> and then rum is too sweet for me I'm not super into sweet drinks See, uh, rum is already, man, I could, you know, all this talk here makes me want a Cuba Cuba Libre. Mm -mm. Is that some sort of voodoo potion? No, that's a rum's based drink. Actually, a zombie is rum, too, I think. I'd really Uh, go for that. There's no tiki bars at Berkeley. (laughs) Really? That's it. We got to open one. Me and Darren didn't go to that tiki bar you guys went to on our last, uh, on our couple's trip, everybody. We can talk about it now. But uh, (laughs) yes, you guys went to the tiki bar. We did not partake. Did we go there twice? Yeah. um, Was it twice? I think we went twice. This is very important that everyone knows (laughs) we went twice. Uh, Let me get on my phone. I'll look at my (laughs) bank statements uh though the bacardi's real slogan is not come alive with freshness it's a uh, welcome to the latin quarter that's, um, that's what they're it trying is. way too hard and uh, they uh, they were really you know leaning into the uh, to the exotic uh, you know island style mm. of, of bacardi i also the description of that he smells like garlic and fish you just smell it the second homer says it it's just such a disgusting odor and it's like he only smells worse later around renee and so you again have to ask yourself why He's Why? very, very sweaty in this episode. Yeah, he's he's constantly sweating. <laughs> he's disgusting. I also love the writers gave him the best, worst lines to <laughs> pick scream. up lines. Don't scream. You look, look pretty clean. clean. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, and yeah, and that, that Homer is a terrible wingman also, giving him no confidence. Uh, Mo is pretty much given up here. Ah, there's nobody for Mo. I'm just going to die lonely and ugly and dead well hello mary sunshine huh no cheer up here have a flower all right come on what's the catch a gorgeous woman don't just hand you a free daffy dill (laughs) really you think i'm gorgeous yeah well the part that's showing i guess you could have a lot of weird scars or a fake ass or something you don't talk to a lot of women do you well, no, no, well, not a lot. I, <laughs> gee, I'm sorry. I used to box, you know. My brain's, well, it's kind of in and out. Oh, that's awful. And look at your little ears. Uh, yeah, it is extensive cauliflowering. Well, your bow tie is just darling. Uh-huh. Ha, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it kind of draws the eye away from the old mug. I like a face with character. Let's get out of here, Mo. This is going nowhere. <laughs> I do love that Homer rejects him. Like, yeah. He's like, come on. This is not like he's so stupid. He can't see that Mo just hit the lottery. Like no woman would ever. I feel like no, no woman except for one with extreme like father issues, perhaps would have this reaction to meeting Mo. I, I, I like the, uh, the idea the girl of your dreams has got to be in some bar. <laughs> I've a, never, perhaps because I am a beta male, I've mm-hmm. never uh, gone out to a bar with the intent of picking anybody up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my advice is, if you want a girlfriend, start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, you'll get one. It works out. You'll be it, finding off comic book starlets with yeah. a stick. Uh, honestly, my <laughs> husband was also a listener to my podcast before we met, it's too. It's true. Oh, this wow. is a big, like, pyramid Jeez, you guys. <laughs> hmm. mm. uh, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta say, Renee is kind of creepy in this scene. She's selling mm. flowers in a street corner at night. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we are talking about this earlier. She's Aerith from Final Fantasy yeah, VII. Holy weird. shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and right across the street from a bar late at yeah. night. Like, I mean, she's selling to drunk people, maybe. Yeah. Or drunk couples. <laughs> I bet she sells a lot of, you'd sell a lot of flowers if you were across the street from a drunk couple, like flower mm. for the lady. Huh? Maybe. No, you'll be stabbed while you're waiting. I she think. should go in yeah. into the disco. <laughs> maybe to sell she, flowers. Maybe she used to work at Howard's Flowers and then she started her own side business. Mm. Before my art career took off, I used to work at a flower shop, actually. Oh. And that's really more of a morning thing because you get your flowers <laughs> yeah. like fresh in the morning. And then everyone buys in the morning as well. And you got to deliver stuff early in the day. Oh, yeah. This flower's got to be dying by that nighttime, right? Pretty much, yeah. She's, she's probably selling like day-old flowers, <laughs> <laughs> like day-old pastries. Mm, boy, yeah. it's She really is just magically concocted, like right there around her flowers and yeah. all that. Yeah. I mean, they don't have time to really explore her. but I think They got to get her together with him yeah. fast. Yeah. I think there could be more to her because uh, she likes Mo out of pity. Mm-hmm. And there could be a lot more to that. Like, she's got some issues or bad or something that she needs to get over but really she doesn't matter that much she's more of a catalyst for Mo to spend a lot of money for yes. a caper to happen there's all this backstory to her I wish we could have heard it yeah, yeah. some little hints about we're her having to just make it up ourselves I know yeah lots of Renee fan fiction <laughs> I, I do love uh, for a time as an unhappy man I really did love the line gonna die lonely and ugly and dead <laughs> dead oh I forgot about the other kind of sad note about Renee she was named after Ron Hauge's former wife Oh, yes. Oh, no. Yeah. Boy, this episode is full of heartbreak. <laughs> That's right, yeah. He sounds a bit bitter in the commentary. Yeah, they, they have a good little joke about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I think pretty much all the writers are divorced now. I th- except for Scully. I think him and his wife still write together. Yeah, Julie yeah. Thacker. Yeah, Julie Thacker, though. Oakley and uh, Rachel Polito still yeah. together. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. All right, there's, there's some happy endings in Hollywood. I uh, yeah I think uh, the Ron Haugey on the commentary he he does get a good laugh out of the <laughs> the people on the commentary from though uh, he's joking to other divorced Hollywood writers about his Hollywood divorce so uh, I mean at that point Matt Groening had only had one divorce in uh, in that commentary recording. Mm. I wonder if he'd laugh more or less now after the second one. Oh, and also during the commentary, Dominic, the um, th- the director of this episode, he says, like, oh, uh, on my info sheet, it says, fun fact, Helen and Hank were a couple during the recording of this episode. I'm not sure if that's a fun fact. Yes, uh, yeah. I guess that's the one little uh, hint of it that we hear. There's that's a, the only mention of the elephant of in the room. There's a lot of silence after that line, too. I think they must have said something about it, like, which... Like, just say how you got Helen. You don't have to talk yeah. about anything that happened after the episode aired. Don't do any uh, of that. I still would have like, liked to hear if Helen and Hank had fun during yeah. the recording. Or... I mean, maybe Hank, they maybe they felt uncomfortable even talking about it and knowing they'd see Hank later. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's uh, They got to do a commentary on it, but they don't have much they can do on it. I, sorry, one last. Oh, yeah, I do love the kind of tragic comedy to Mo's awareness of his massive brain damage. Yeah. Like he he his... knows he has he has he's 
prone to having blackouts. I gotta say, I've never liked bow ties. Mm, I think not they're attractive. I think they're unattractive. Mm. <laughs> I understand why some people like them. They're just not for me. So when <laughs> I saw Renee being charmed with a bow tie, I was like, ah, not yeah, for me. Problems. Even even Tucker Carlson moved on, but I think his head just got too big. Uh, like, as those Fox News guys get more racist, their heads just expand. Have you seen Sean Hannity's head? Oh yeah, it's like a pumpkin. And yet, when he's next to Sebastian Gorka, his oh, head looks God. small. Like Sebastian Gorka looks like he's wearing a pumpkin of Sebastian Gorka <laughs> on his head. Their heads just get big and red. Well, I mean, about Tucker Carlson's bow tie, I think it really was. He he was playing the Tweety conservative on CNN, yeah. but when he's going to the Fox audience, he knows he needs more direct masculinity, so he had to get rid of that bow tie. He thought he was going to be, you know, the next uh, William F. Buckley, but he's like, ah, shit, I'm, I'm just Goebbels. I gotta just go. <laughs> gotta go hardcore into the Nazism here. Uh, Mo doesn't like attention being drawn to his ears. He's very oh, self-conscious he's so, about mm, them. My ears. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He's... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a callback. That was before he was a boxer, too. Yeah, uh, maybe the cauliflowering made them um, bigger. Yeah, I guess in it's it's puffier normally. You just don't look at it because he's. Uh, I remember Mike Reese took offense. Uh, he mentioned on a commentary. He took offense to somebody saying like, "Oh, you're supposed to look like Mo," and he's like. Mo's drawn to look like a gorilla. I, got, <laughs> I don't look like Mo. Fuck you. I gotta say, I like drawing Mo because he's well, like they mentioned in the commentaries too. He's so ugly that even if you draw him off model, <laughs> it looks fine. It all looks fine. I don't know if we should say this now, but your friend Ian Boothby, who is a comic writer, Nina, who drew mm-hmm. the graphic novel Sparks, he was telling. We were in Vancouver and he was talking to us. Well, that, also, uh, he wrote for Simpsons Comics for. I guess that's important. A too. very, very long time. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to promote your work. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's still being sold. <laughs> but uh, he pointed out that some of that worked on the show told him that Mo was inspired by the comedian Rich Hall. Look up a picture of Rich Hall. There is a real life Mo walking the streets. <laughs> yes. A I, man is that ugly. I'm sure he's aware I, of how ugly he is. I, I just remember him from. I can't remember a single joke he told, but I remember him from early Comedy Central days for sure. That, that uh, craggy mug. <laughs> Uh, he does have a lot of character, and just like Mo, he doesn't deserve to be to be without love just because of how he looks. <laughs> but I'm sure he's funny. <laughs> yeah, I at least. remember that. Yeah, I think I've never heard of his comedy. But <laughs> uh, oh, you know, mentioning Sparks too. That's a very pro cat comic. What do you think about this? Uh, telling people to stop kissing cats. Oh, um, you probably shouldn't <laughs> kiss a cat that you picked up off the street. No, yeah. that's a mistake. Yeah. yeah, vet all the cats you kiss. <laughs> I love ki- when I had a cat. I sure loved kissing it though. I kissed my bird. The Cat didn't like. Uh, how does your bird respond to kisses? My cat is uh, either indifferent or upset. My bird, requ- my bird requests kisses, <laughs> and then he makes kiss noises all the time. Wow. And in fact, he walks around his cage like kissing different things inside the cage. <laughs> uh, he kissed my finger pretty hard. Oh, I'm you. sorry. I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you can't see a scar. I'm not giving you the finger bomb. Oh, same that. to you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get a very funny musical scene, which is this is a pre-Shrek. I'm a believer. Yeah. Here. I feel like you can't use that song without people thinking you're like making a Shrek reference. Oh, by the way, uh, when uh, Renee agrees to go on a date with Mo, Mm. he says uh, something like, I'm going to get you the steak the size of a toilet seat. Oh, I love that line. (laughs) I like that line too. And I think it's an appropriate comparison because like the biggest steaks do come from the rump. Oh, wow. I didn't know that's where the giant ones came from. That's what the pig tells Homer, right? (laughs) The best meats in the rump. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you you mentioned how you can't think of the song without thinking of Shrek. Well, I remember uh, in the DVD re-release of the Coen Brothers movie Blood Simple, it used to end with I'm a Believer, the movie, but they changed it when they put it on DVD because they're like, you're going to think of Shrek 
when you oh, see wow. this movie and you hear the song at the end. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, they fought. Uh, it, it's the Smash Mouth cover too, so it's not even the Monkees classic sung by Mickey Dolans. It's fucking Smash Mouth singing it. And the reason they use it in the movie is because there's the first line like I thought love was only true in fairy tales, which. Totally fits mm. with the world of Shrek. That's why they picked it. And oh, uh, also, it works in this episode too. Oh yeah, yeah. Because later, when Renee says it was she dated him out of pity, he uh, says oh, it's like something out of a fairy tale. That, oh, you're right. <laughs> I also didn't know until looking this up that that song was written by Neil Diamond. It's a, oh wow! I'm a believer. It's one of the the top monkeys hits, sung by Mickey Dolenz, uh, just like Last Trains to Clarksville. Last Train to Clarksville. Just so we don't get corrections. So originally, the movie ended with the song. It's the same old song by the four tops uh, they couldn't clear it for vhs so they put in i'm a believer but then when they put it on dvd they got the four top song again because they didn't want to do the i'm a believer <laughs> thing because people would think uh, it's, right. it's very complicated but okay. blood simple it's their first movie but so good at least so they good. could afford the four tops then at least at least they went back to their real one but yeah it's a great song you can't use it now without people thinking of shrek and uh actually you know what i thought i didn't have the clips for it but i did let's let's hear him ask her out yeah i, I look i don't suppose you'd never want to uh Get together sometime. You mean like a date? Well, I don't know. Ah, what was I thinking of? A beautiful girl like you and a gargoyle like me. I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. I didn't say no exactly. Really? Hot damn! I don't eat nothing for the next three days because I'm taking you out for a steak the size of a toilet seat. Well, when you put it that way, my name's Renee. Who cares? You're going out with me. (laughs) She's going out with me, cat. Stop kissing that cat and get in the car. It does sound like she pities him. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. much so. Yes, yeah. I mean, she, well, oh, hold on, I didn't say no. Yeah, when he's like, "Well, back to he's he's suicidal immediately," which is every time I've been told no after asking someone else, I'm like, "Why would I ever ask anyone out ever? I'm going to go go away and not talk to anyone." I've seen this a lot <laughs> in, I mean, real life, of course, and this is actually a theme in the Talking Duckman episode we did about Face, where uh, I think a lot of comedy writers can understand this, like finding some. Someone them feeling very inadequate <laughs> and uh, feeling that you're not worthy of Aww. their love and uh, having a very tenuous grip on them in your mind. <laughs> sure. I'm not saying that's happening now. Are you projecting? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that's how I used to feel before I didn't have confidence. But uh, <laughs> I, it's very then relatable. You get confidence, stupid. Yeah. You learn to. <laughs> well, when you're trying to ask someone out, just don't call yourself a gargoyle. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, it works for well in this uh, this fictional situation. Though. That's true. But if you don't want a pity date. <laughs> the, and then the whole scene of the, the date with the crop Kalash guy sells them balloons. He's a balloon seller yeah. now. I got to say that uh, that shot of Mo being run over by the horse-drawn carriage. Yeah, it's very. It's just very goofy looking. But I love his final pose because Mo is dead. Yeah, it ran, totally dead. It ran over his throat. <laughs> no, that yeah. made me laugh. I totally yeah. forgot about that scene. I put an animated gif of that on Twitter as soon as I watched it. Just the he's so shaky. Like an inline skate date is a very '90s date too. Instead of the roller rink, they're renting in, uh, inline skates, not rollerblades. That's uh-huh. a brand name. No. Yeah, I'm glad you point that. Out. <laughs> when he gets run over, it's the pacing of it is so perfect. Mm-hmm. And it also, this is just my inference, this is directed by Family Guy series director Dominic Pulcino. Uh. He falls and his leg is in the wrong direction, clearly broken. That is the Family Guy fall, though it's not exactly drawn the right way, but I'm just, it feels like a proto Maybe Family Guy fall down. He pioneered that. And the last known joke about Free Willy on record. Yes, yeah. I, that gag is funny because 
funniest to me as the music is winding down there is no other sound effects yeah. as he's going out to sea that's uh, that's even funnier to me and he crushed our boy <laughs> <laughs> as uh, so Nina I as an artist what did you think of those crying kids because they looked uglier than Mo oh when they yeah were I want to point about. out they're very season one designs yeah they like they're a bunch of bald children with like dotted I, heads I think yeah. they were pulled out of like the model sheet package <laughs> of just like random kids the dustiest yeah. envelope it, they definitely need updating they have like Moe's teeth even when they're like, ah, yeah, like but, yeah, but now when I see screenshots of newer episodes and I see like kids in the background in those, they look too normal to me. And now mm. Bart and Lisa look like freaks compared to them. They really, yeah, that's cool. yeah. You know, in the recent very good episode that I really liked where uh, that's all about uh, Millhouse starting a men's rights group, the new kids they drew in it, they very much look like cool over accessorized kids, which I like their design in a vacuum, but yeah, next to Bart and Lisa, they just look like they're on a completely different series than the two of them. I saw, like, I haven't seen the episode, but I saw a screen cap of um, the girls in the mm-hmm. bathroom confronting Bart. Yeah, those are the ones. Oh, yeah, they look overly designed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too many little details to them. <laughs> Which, again, good in in theory. Like, I like that. But, well, though, I've noticed, uh, I forget what Twitter account of Simpsons Fanery I follow. Maybe it's that guy. But he's pointed out that, like, on the background, they, and all backgrounds now, they just have the same, like, kind of angled shadow on the background mm. that has nothing to do with light source. It's just, seems like how they just draw backgrounds now. Like, mm, I didn't notice that. They have all I'll to look up for that. Yeah, to take a, uh, I'll I'll share with you one of the tweets when I find it later. But yeah, it's something something to look out for. It's uh, anyway. So yeah, then they go to uh, they go to restaurants. Oh. The Gilded Truffle By returns. The way, so before I worked at a flower shop, I worked at a bike and inline skating rental store ah. in Vancouver, and I've seen some people like very shakily go out the door on inline skates. Like they're obviously mm. not used to it. Yeah, and they sign the waiver. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah, I would wonder like, would I see them alive again? <laughs> like just uh. like Mo there, I'd be like, oh, are they gonna be okay? Have you done? But you never saw any too bad accidents at that job. Or? No, no, everyone came back alive, as far as uh, I know. Do you? Are you a skater yourself? Or have no, you skated? I know how to ice skate. Mm. It's funny because like well, that's, a ca- I, that's a Canadian. I've asked, yeah, I've asked a bunch right of like there. American friends, like, do you know how to ice skate? They're always saying no. Because <laughs> all my Canadian no friends way. know how to ice skate. <laughs> I took ice skating lessons when I was younger. Wow, I'm not great at it. Like, I can't skate around. I can't do like fancy moves like crossovers mm-hmm. i can't inline skate though i heard the motions are like kind of opposite of what you do when you're huh. ice skating interesting now i've uh i don't have very good balance and i don't that actually would be a nightmare date for me of like hey on our third date watch me fall down a lot <laughs> in uh, inline skates that, that's very attractive but yeah the gilded truffle has not been back since bart the lover which i found surprising that's a lot i assume time. that we had seen it before but yeah it was introduced in uh, lisa the greek as the place homer took everybody with his gambling money oh right yeah the, it is the fancy place in town though not as fancy as we thought based on uh, that opening gag joke of lobster stuff with tacos that I'll, is my favorite line <laughs> yeah. that's your line of the episode lobster oh definitely all right let's play the let's play the jingle that's the joke and just to officially do it i'll play the opening sound again since that's the only clip i have of it and bring us the finest food you got stuffed with the second finest Excellent, sir. Lobster stuffed with tacos. What if they were lobster tacos? Those are also very good. Have you had lobster tacos? Mm. Oh, I never I have. have. Yeah. No. Mm. I, uh, but I love that joke that they, the two best things on the menu, one is lobster, lobster, which like that is believable. It's the best thing on the menu. 
Then the second best, it's such a drop of like nothing against tacos, but they are not fancy food. Yeah. They're street food. Like I, I quote this line all the time for some reason. <laughs> I would I would choose tacos over lobster though. I think lobsters are overrated. They are crab is your crab uh, is triple better. the price anyway. Your too. money crustacean is crab. <laughs> I I'm more pro. I I'm not the biggest fan of shellfish, but if I gotta eat it, I, I I'm more of a crab fan too. I love Henry's very eat. kosher. <laughs> I love how the lobster is wearing a little sombrero. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that touch. That yeah. is so great. I wonder where they got that from. Maybe people request <laughs> this more often than you'd think. <laughs> yeah, they, they must do it more often. <laughs> the, uh, so then there's a joke where he calls him Sabu, which I, I have to say wrestling has ruined my brain because my first thought was there's a famous wrestler named Sabu, but he didn't get famous until after 98. So I have to assume this is a reference to the oldie time actor Sabu Dastagir, who started the original Thief of Baghdad film in the 40s. I feel like it has to that's the kind of oldie time reference that he would make otherwise i don't know what the sabu reference is but why like, does he call him sabu i don't know i mean he what makes him a servant uh boy i don't know i listeners help me out here but i am not sure why he, he calls him sabu i want to say i thought i thought it was like the name of a servant like in an old movie or like an old okay. series of shorts or something like that again listeners scream at us please See, wrestling has ruined the google results on this too because if you yeah. search like sabu pop culture it's like you mean the ecw champion sabu wrestling like, ruined superfly for me <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a greasy guy that killed his yeah. girlfriend yes yeah <laughs> not the uh the black exploitation dude yeah i know it's uh superfly jimmy snooker he's uh he's uh, uh, quite a man. Um, they enjoy their meal. We get to hear the real secret of why Mo is with her. <laughs> so, Renee, it looks like you've taken quite a shine to Mo. Do you mind if I ask why? <laughs> I didn't mean any disrespect. I just can't figure it out. Well, to be honest, at first it was just pity. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like out of a storybook, ain't it? But he's really grown on me. He's got this insecure, sweaty charm. Oh, yeah, I got that. <laughs> and he's so thoughtful. Last night, he bought all the seats in a movie theater just so we could have a romantic evening together. Yeah, well, I just get so tired of idiots shooting their mouths off, laughing and clapping. Makes you want to start poking eyes out and slashing guts and kicking throats. It's okay, Mo. I'm sorry. I, it's just I'm so happy I met you. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. Will there be anything else? Uh, yeah. Park the dessert card under this beautiful lady's nose and charge it all to my Players Club card. <laughs> Players Club? Yes, sir. So I did research on the Diners Club. Did you? I uh, I looked up the Players Club as well, but yeah. uh, but no. What's I the thought Diners Players Club was a parody of the Diners Club. Um, it's kind of a spinoff, but it's a real thing. Okay. It, uh, I I well here. What, Get this. what about the Diners Club? It's 1950. Mm-hmm. You eat at a restaurant, <laughs> but you forgot your wallet. What do you do? There's this thing called credit. What if uh. it worked at restaurants? <laughs> that's exactly wow. what it was. So that's whenever people reference the Diner Club, it's just the oldest credit card. Pretty much. I mean. There was credit for things like bigger purchase items, like t- like cars and houses mm. and things like that. But no one would think of like going to the convenience store and buying something with a credit card or buying a meal with a credit card. But it was the first credit card accepted in restaurants. And then it was absorbed by other credit card companies. So who cares? Uh, I see. All right. Well, the Players Club card, though, is a real side thing really? from okay. Diners Club though. It uh, actually was invented in New Jersey and is uh, re- related to the gambling industry of New Jersey. So that's all on the up and up. <laughs> that uh, that kind of makes it the skeezier version that Mo would be using. But why, why should I explain to you the qualities of the Ooh. Players Club card when Telly Savalas does it so much better? Kojak himself. You know, I love the excitement in Atlantic. 
city in Las Vegas, and okay, I get VIP treatment. Now you too can get VIP treatment and big savings just by carrying the Players Club Go Card. You'll save money on rooms, on top name entertainment, on food and beverages. Just join the club that's honored the world over. Atlantic City, Las Vegas, Reno, Tao, the Caribbean, all around the world. Hey, no strings attached to get the club's benefits. You listen to Telly? Call Players Club today. I trust that man implicitly. <laughs> Telly, Telly wouldn't do be wrong with this Players Club card. So, yeah, that was from 1986. So I think, too, the joke is that it's a very out-of-date yeah. card that, that Mo is It's using. the only one he ever got. <laughs> All, and he has no other credit card to charge to later. Once his Players Club card is maxed out, he will have nothing else. Yeah, I also just love the gag. I, I love that it feels like a commercial for a Players Club card for a second. He's like, Players Club, yes, sir. <laughs> That's He's very one. impressed. Yeah, I would say, like, Renee, they wanted to make her seem very nice and innocent and sweet but I feel like she should be questioning these things like look at Mo's business look at how crappy it is look at his income he can't afford these things she should step in and say like stop buying me things like I refuse I refuse this thing you're giving me I mean he still is a uh, business owner yeah true, true yeah i think we should see like lies from mo that <laughs> mislead her into thinking he has more money than he does because he's clearly like buying things on credit in front mm. of her mm. yeah that you know there's a later scene that at least sets up that she doesn't want these nice things yeah but otherwise she just seems to accept that like mo good for it she doesn't think that he's going deep into debt to do all these nice things for him though yeah i would think after the fifth or sixth date where it was clear that well I have never been on dates with a woman. There's there's weird heteronormative bullshit about who pays for what in that. But I would think by the fifth date where your date spent clearly hundreds to thousands of dollars yeah. on you, you'd know what's up and you would at least say, like, you don't have to spend all this money on me. Or how about how about I take care of the next meal or something like that? I think Mo, though, has it all in his head that he if he stops spending a dollar on her, she will leave him. And so he just won't he won't believe otherwise, even if Renee were to say it have, have any of you ever felt like you have to keep spoiling your partner or else he'll leave you oh no <laughs> i can't say just, that here just asking uh, uh no you know i think me uh me and my husband we have kind of an equal thing i mean honestly he spoiled me more than i've spoiled him on gifts but we try to we get each other very nice gifts i've never though felt yeah no i've never felt afraid that if i stop getting eventually you get you settle into a nice uh easy groove and you just mm. you know you feel like money you can just like hey i got this this time you get it next time that yeah that's my feeling but again i've never been in a heterosexual relationship so there's well, different expectations on if, those if you're in a hetero relationship you decide who pays with an arm wrestling match <laughs> and i always lose well i do kickbox that's true that's true yes. no you're very tough i'm uh, afraid don't I, hurt me <laughs> i might have felt that way when i was younger uh but now i have more confidence and uh yeah well mo that's is great. a very old school guy too so maybe yeah. that's also why he feels like i have to buy everything for the woman i don't know like if i were in a relationship where the guy kept buying things for me i would be concerned to be like are you sure you can keep affording this yeah and it would almost make me think he's just bad with his money which <laughs> yeah. is a turn off yeah that's uh if you're thinking of a long-term relationship you're thinking like boy this guy's not good with money yeah exactly you know? it's like what if you uh you know start living together or you get married then you think like or is he gonna spend my like our money 
anything? Yeah, yeah. Or also the uh, yeah, you'd know ahead of time if they were rich enough to afford yeah. fancy dinners mm-hmm. like five times in a month. You know, it's it's one thing to have like a fancy dinner like for anniversary or on, on off like that, but a giant want meal like that all the time. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I think also that much attention can be alienating, and you could be setting up an expectation the other person feels they have to reciprocate in some way. Like Mo did this for me, what I have to do for Mo now? Yeah, I mean that is why in the old school sense of of men in the 50s they spend a lot of money on a date to like just an implicit pressure of i spent all this money on you so what you gonna give me Mm -hmm. that kind of feeling you know we don't know if mo and renee consummated the relationship i have to assume so i feel like he's i feel like she's never seen his place yeah Mm, boy that's true he might be too ashamed to show her but would she ever let him in her apartment i don't know maybe she lives in a nicer place maybe but i I just mean trust wise would she well (laughs) i don't know i wonder how long they've been dating for in, in the timeline of co- I think at least a couple weeks. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know, on the consummation thing, later she thinks he's gay, which I would wonder like if if they haven't had sex, that might inform her guess more. Though I suppose she could have had sex with him and she, he would have been so bad at it she would think he's gay, perhaps. <laughs> oh, you can read it could both ways, yeah. yeah. Speak, speaking of that scene, though, she asks if he's married. Mm. So maybe she has never seen his place. That's what a secretly married man would do. Yeah. He wouldn't invite you over to his place. Hmm, that's true. I Or maybe he just lives at the bar and she at this point in the show, he was looking to sell that shack uh, earlier in Realty Bites. That's right. Oh, yeah. I also, I mean, I'm glad they have this scene, though, of Marge asking the question the entire audience had of, like, why? What's going on? It's pretty bold of her get to that ask out of the way. Yeah. right in front of them. Well, she doesn't think Mo is a person. She hates no. Mo. She can't stand him. She's probably upset she's on over, that date. Yeah. Mo got over her, uh, his crush Oh, yeah, his Marge crush on Midge is, is letting <laughs> know now. Yeah. I also, yeah, I love that Homer is like, Marge, I think he's more like, don't remind her she shouldn't be with him. She'll leave right now. My line in the episode is... Marge's read on ah yeah because <laughs> she also dated out of pity she did date Homer yeah, that's out of true pity. that's true she can identify with Renee they have a lot in common there, and now she's stuck with Homer she's uh, yeah I also I like too that Mo is honestly not offended at all and finds it very touching she's dating him out of pity like out of a storybook <laughs> the one attractive thing about Mo in this episode I don't like that he's spending so much money but you would fear he would be an abusive partner but instead he is like overly pampering her he's seems like he's a very he's too nice really he's not like mean he's mean to every other human who's alive but is not mean to her at and, all and he pushes down his murderous feelings yeah for her. Yes, yeah i think that's really where all his sweat's coming from you he's can just hear like him sweating yeah. <laughs> i can hear the sweat just being he can't go to movies because he'd murder people all around him it's a public safety problem so i can identify with him on that i don't like going to the theater Come on, laughter's fun. It's uh, we, you all are laughing at this. I love being in a theater and laughing harder for jokes that I got that <laughs> I know other people didn't. Uh, but yeah, so Mo is spending, spending, spending until he hits a wall. Yeah, I want to send her two dozen roses and I want to put something nice on the card, like um, uh, Renee, my treasure. <laughs> hey, shut up, bro. Ram a stool down your throat. Uh, no, 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 I don't want that on the card. Well, let me hear how it sounds. Nah, nah, take it out, take it out. <laughs> and charge it to my player's club card. Maxed out? <sighs> Look, I really need these flowers, okay? I got a real tenuous hold on my girlfriend here. <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> 
Well, that's it. It's all over. Renee ain't gonna want to hang around with no Joe Pinchpenny. Oh, come on, Mo. Think of all you have to offer besides money. Hmm. I need cash and lots of it. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. I'm calling in your bar tabs. <laughs> Ungrateful ingrates, you. <laughs> so that bunch of ingrateful ingrates thing—that's when you see his missing tooth. Ah, just for one okay. scene in this episode, Moe's brief missing tooth. That <laughs> I always was find all it to be distracting. It was, but I just like how it's mainly featured in the family feedback episode. That's the only time you ever see it, and then yeah. it's just gone forever. It's it's there forever, rather. I, I love on the commentary on that one where they're having like live Bill and Josh are having like a fight with I think uh, what is with this tooth? I think Jim Reardon or one of the enemies. It's Wes Archer it's who was the yeah, uh, yeah. he was stumping for the missing tooth. He's what? like it's in his original character design yeah which like wes archer would know he was there like he, he he's like look there it is the missing tooth but doesn't mean they can't hate that missing tooth i like it it's a little treasure <laughs> that's kind of a cute twist on the classic prank phone call gag with mo there. oh right instead he's yelling at uh at barney on the other end and then rejecting the prank phone call at him i i also like that barney is laughing at mo's love like he's like ah. that's a great laugh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great mocking laughter and and uh, the way Barney throws himself out the window, really good animation yeah. there. Meanwhile, you have the extremeness of that and then the subtlety of Homer trying to sneak away before mm-hmm. he has to pay his bar tab either. So as I mentioned, I used to work at a flower shop. I will say the majority of guys who would buy flowers there mm-hmm. were guys who were uh, apologizing to the, uh, their partner. Or they were sending a bouquet to their mistress. <laughs> wow. They worked card. in a rich part of town. Wow, the card should nice. say, she meant nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> or you mean more than my wife. One of those two. That's uh, Wife schmife. <laughs> uh, my husband and I were laughing about that flower thing. Like, we're also not a buying flowers for each other type couple. Uh, the the So we all went to Conan O'Brien on Valentine's yeah. Day. And Darren joked to me about how on another Valentine's Day episode of Conan... He went to a flower shop in LA for jokes and stuff. And it was like, Conan's going to deliver some flowers. And he was there. And I believe the celebrity was Mark McGrath had, they're like, oh, see, Mark McGrath has some flowers here. It's a giant bouquet, like gigantic. And then Conan's like, he must have fucked up bad for this thing, <laughs> this big a bouquet. Like, oh my God. I assume Nina doesn't like flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I like flowers. Oh, well, I like flowers, Bob. You're getting the biggest set of flowers you've ever seen. <laughs> Actually, um, big as a toilet seat. When you guys did the Sketchfest thing, oh, I, yes, you did. You sent, I uh, was thinking of sending flowers to you guys, but then I thought, what oh. would you guys do with flowers? Flowers, you know, yeah. especially when you're doing about to do a live show for our January Sketch Fest. Nina sent us uh, macarons, yeah, and uh, champagne, a bottle of champagne, yeah, but not a magnum that, uh, <laughs> that Mo buys. A magnum is a double thing of champagne, That's really. What a okay. magnum oh, is okay. it's two the equivalent of two bottles, so extra fancy by mass. Gun I, size. I like that, yeah, but no, those were delicious. Uh, we all enjoyed uh, the wonderful twe- treats Nina sent us, yeah. That since I nice. worked at a flower shop, I now like sending people flowers, like. Oh. It is very pricey, mm-hmm. but it's a nice gesture, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone loses someone in their life, I'll send a Aww. bouquet or something. They may wilt on the way to Canada, just so you know. <laughs> You're going to get poppery in the mail. <laughs> but it is hard to send flowers to people who don't drive. Because <laughs> uh, then, like, oh. ha- you also have to, like, take it home with you on transit or... Oh, yes, yeah. I guess you guys have Uber well, and Lyft. 
Yeah, we did. We done handled it okay. Don't, we don't have health care, but we have uh, ride share. <laughs> yeah, the uh, you know, I never bought flowers. When I've gotten stuff from my mom, that's the only person I think I'd else get flowers for. I got her instead, you know, the uh, the chocolate dips chair strawberries from a company I won't name because we don't have ads with them. Uh, but they, they, they're, they're advertised on a lot of podcasts. You can guess what I'm talking about. Uh, and she loves those. I That's why I've gone more with things that can be eaten over, over flowers. This feels like a very guy thing to say, but I, flowers to me, I was like, eh, you gotta watch them die. Like, it's just, it, uh, they never feel special. I don't know. I was never as into flowers. Aww. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Such I mean, a downer about flowers. Uh, just gonna Flower end up all lonely and ugly and dead. <laughs> <those> flowers. <laughs> sorry. I still, I can't shake the darkness of Mo here. Uh, yeah, so I also think the mixture of love and money is a perfect recipe for film noir as well. So it's a really great entry into the film noir flavor of really just the second, well, the third act too. It, it kind of all works as a film noir. Not not a double indemnity parody so much because again, Phyllis in Double Indemnity, she is intentionally misleading tons of people in her life so she can murder all of them and get all of the money. Yeah, that's true. And the postman only rings twice. The man who kills the husband, uh, she's not, the woman is not as evil in that, Mm. in that short story. Uh, They're both very short stories, by the way. Read both of them. They're like seminal works of crime fiction. Okay, I gotta read that. You know, I've only, I've only seen the movies of both of those. They're they're pretty accurate to the source material, the uh, the books. And uh, and also, uh, Double Indemnity is similar to the next from the same director, William Wilder, of um, Sun Sunset Boulevard. They, yeah, they both yeah. both Double Indemnity, the film, and uh, Sunset Boulevard are framed by a dying or dead man telling you the story in flashback right, yeah. of what happened. In the case of uh, Hollywood Boulevard, he's already dead. Yes, yeah. And it's his ghost telling it's you a, the story. Ooh. It's a ama- oh, man. Will- William Holden floating upside down in that walk. It's one of my all-time favorites. Like, uh, God, Norman Desmond, one of the greatest ever. Also, Moe's car, Realty Bites, again, set up that Moe is a real gearhead, but he has a piece of shit car. Maybe he knows a lot about cars, but can't afford one. There are yeah. guys like that. They know a lot about a certain thing, but they can't you know, for like how many losers watch Top Gear and can't afford to buy like more than like a basic Honda? <laughs> yeah, that's true. All a basic Honda is all I want. And I, and, and a basic I Honda is not it. a loser car, but don't yes. uh, don't aspire to have the Top Gear cars. <laughs> and yeah, I think that uh, when I think I see a piece of shit car, I think of the Adam Sandler classic mm. piece of shit car, uh, which I think really dates me as as remembering that song. That um, was one of his lesser songs for me. <laughs> uh, the, well, that whole album is great. Uh, the farting therapist, the song about. Um, uh, sex in the shower with a shampoo bottle uh, all the greats uh but yes homer notices the car and we get uh, our next plot point ah, homer what am i gonna do renee's my last chance for true love if you really need money you could sell a kidney or maybe even your car nah my car ain't worth nothing but it is insured for five grand Homer, I need your help. You gotta steal this car and wreck it for me. Steal? Oh, no. You got the wrong guy. You dropped something. (laughs) Come on, Homer. I'm one of your dearest friends. When everybody said you were too drunk to drive that time, who gave you your keys? (laughs) You did, but I still don't know. I can just imagine what Marge would say. Homer, I insist you steal that car. I'll do it. <laughs> I love that act break. I, lo- I love that's so I great. That. I insist you steal that car. And she has her nagging, finger wagging too in there. Yeah. And in the commentary, they pointed at uh, they pointed out how it's a nice pink feminine thought oh, for some it reason. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that convinces him. He's just like. I'll do it. 
God, that's great. I, yeah, it's, it's the only reason Homer would do such a crazy thing. And the insurance thing that is, that's the murder in, in here. It's just murdering a car. Yeah. And it's uh, also by train. Yes. Oh yeah. A train is involved. That's right. Or, or should have been involved. And uh, yeah, Mo has quite a plan. I, I really love the, um, the lighting in this scene. Like it's a really good, like scheming mm-hmm. shadowy lighting on the characters there. And also they were recording the same room. Oh yeah, this dialogue. Mm. They uh, H- Hank and between Dan... fights. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Hank and Dan were. Oh, okay. not, not Hank and Helen. Not Hank and Helen. <laughs> no, they were very separate. <laughs> uh, no, Hank and Dan have really good chemistry together. Just like I will, you know, the chemistry of Hank and Helen does come through in Renee and Mo. I think. I think they do seem. Uh, they they do seem to legitimately love each other in the in those moments there, I uh, but yes here's here's the scheming. This model car represents my car, huh? And this olive is you. Now, mm, me. Hey hey, oh, that's great. Now the car's gonna have to represent you, and uh, this little toy man will represent the car. <laughs> Right, forget, it, forget it. Listen up here. Tomorrow night at 8, you go down to the waterfront and you steal my car. What about the cops? That's the beauty part. Every cop in town's going to be on the police department's moonlight charity cruise. And I'm going to be right there with them. So as soon as you get back, we steal the car, right? Right. No, no, wrong. Listen, <laughs> while I'm on the boat with the perfect alibi, you steal my car and park it on the railroad tracks. Then when a 10-15 train comes along, wham! Insurance company pays off 5,000 clams. I keep showing Renee the sweet life. You're a genius, Mo. All your troubles will soon be over for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Homer gets nothing out of this, right? Absolutely not, not nothing. Okay. It's just guilt. Because I was thinking, guilt. like, Mo could uh, hire Jimmy the scumbag, but he'd probably want money or beer <laughs> or a panda. Or just use it as future blackmail to yeah, get true. more things out of Mo. It's Homer will forget innocent. that he did this, so he can't blackmail Mo. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, they'll both forget. They both have extensive brain damage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do love whenever Homer and Mo are scheming together. They they make a really good pair. Yeah, it must be fun to write for them too. Yeah, and, one, and also it definitely feels like a very uh, improv-y moment of him going right. No, 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 <laughs> like that. That felt very natural. And yeah, Homer eating himself and going mm, me. That's <laughs> nice. Uh, and the just the silliness of the man. Well, the, yeah, the car is you, and this figure <laughs> of a man will be the car. <laughs> Uh, it seems very unsafe for them to put every cop on a cruise. Uh, though then, then again, this was basically not exactly, but this was a plot point in the Dark Knight Rises movie with like, oh my god, every you're right. cop went underground and they all got pulled uh, pulled away. So there's one uh, policeman in all of Gotham. That movie sucks. I love that. Yeah, just for plot purposes, like we know Bane is here in the underground. Every single police officer in the entirety of Gotham underground right now. Like uh, everybody has to do things they couldn't possibly do. And then incredibly elaborate plans have to work exactly correct. And the only bridge out of Gotham crumbles. The only bridge out of town. <laughs> I made that up, but uh, I'm, I assume it happens. It's been 12 years since I've seen the movie. Wait, um, eight years. They have a blockade. No, they blow up every bridge. Yeah. They blow up every bridge out of town. I could only see it once in the theaters. I've watched clips of my favorite scenes, but otherwise it's uh, not good. I, I liked that movie when I first saw it. I've only seen it once. It was mm-hmm. in theater, but I enjoyed it. Maybe if I saw it again. I think it really um, should have been two movies. 
better. That's the problem. Yeah. Like when he gets Too his back ideas. broken, they should have just ended it and been like, let's let's do a fourth one. We, we weren't doing that yet, though. So I feel like maybe in yeah. a year or two we would have been doing that. It's the same problem that Spider Man Three suffered. Oh yeah, yeah. It's too they they have too many ideas. It's just big on bloat, and you're like, we got to get every hero on here. Though I think Dark Knight Rises is way better than Spider Man. I 3. also liked Spider Man Three, so maybe you shouldn't listen to me. What? Oh, get her off the stroke. Oh, Cut her mic, Henry. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, you should get on our new weekly Spider-Man podcast. Let's oh, do that. It's actually happening. Oh, God. <laughs> Stop talking uh, that's about spider That's a lie. Our podcasts are turning into Spider-Man podcasts. Uh, actually, I guess by the time this comes out, people will have already listened to the thing we haven't recorded yet mm. of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But, uh, I'm yes. already prepping Bob for that. I will have Thank enjoyed you. it. Yeah. I just bought the art book of it to get extra prepared for it. So they look forward to a three and a half hour long Spider-Man podcast. Bob, <laughs> you're going to like it. Not, hey. not to get off on a tangent, yes. but I, I showed Bob uh, Spider-Man 1. Oh, he, the, that's the right. You've never last seen night. that before. That's, mm-hmm. uh, what, what are your feelings on that 17-year-old movie? My now? review is movie enjoyed by all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I but, did like it. Okay, good, good. You get you're getting him ready. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. He'd never watch Spider Man if I won. I know. <laughs> um, but okay, so the scheming is happening. The family is eating a real Simpsons goop dinner. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, like uh, Lisa's one. eating the same thing as them. Yeah, so I can't have meat in it, right? Or Marge maybe made the same thing, but meat free, meat free mush. And Homerson is like burglar <laughs> Halloween costume. I love, I that. love that. It's so funny. And just the clock on the wall that was never there before. <laughs> He's just constantly glancing at. Uh, yes, and his. His awkwardness here as the, he establishes his alibi, as does Mo in this clip. Why all the black? Why all the pearls? Why all the hair? Why anything? You look a little nervous, Dad. <laughs> no, you look a little nervous, Lisa. <laughs> You're up to something, aren't you? No. I'm just going out to commit certain deeds. Certain deeds. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, folks. Have fun. Drink responsibly to where am I allowed. <laughs> uh, excuse me there, officer. You see my car there with the rubber hippie daisy, Space 7A? Uh, yeah, what about it? Yeah, I was just thinking what a good parking job I did with it. Yeah, hey, that is nice. Hey, Lou. Lou, check out that park job in 7A. That's sweet. <laughs> that also dates Mo. This is the last time he was able to buy a car. Oh, yes. Yeah, I want to ask about that, actually. Yeah, the rubber hippie daisy. Is that like a safe 70s thing? Yeah, I just think, like yeah. any sort of like funky, freaky decal. Just like a funky, like de- like those little feet stickers you could put on things. Yeah, 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 it was very much of the era. But it was never just like one giant daisy on the hood, was it? Wasn't it more uh, on the side? I think you could. Yeah, I think putting it on the hood is extra standout, but it's definitely, uh, it, it was a thing in the 70s. Yeah, I never got one of those. I, you know, I didn't really decorate my car at all. I think I put a bumper sticker once on it, but yeah, I think I maybe put a Carrie Gore. No, wait. Carrie, who is his running mate? Edwards. Ed- oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so I think I put a Carrie Edwards bumper sticker on my thing, which was uh, real gutsy then, which now it's like, God, what a loser. So you've got one like Frankenstein loser. This is Henry Gilbert reporting <laughs> for duty. And then and then you have a sexual harassing monster in uh, in, in Edwards. Uh, quite a democratic ticket thing that was. <laughs> so no <laughs> raccoon tails in the antenna for you. No, no, no. You know, I got not to bring him back to Spider-Man again, but I did get an antenna dealy bobber of a Spider-Man head, but I never figured out how to put it on my antenna without fucking up my antenna. So. They should sell Guardians of the Galaxy Rocket Raccoon mm, Raccoon well, Tails. Nobody has antennas anymore. They're all internal oh, you're in true. your car. No, it's, uh, I miss having the ugly antennas sticking out of cars. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a lot of 
Jack in the Box jackheads. Oh, yeah, the jackheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's right, yeah. I looked up like why the raccoon tail Nintendo became a thing. And mm. apparently it was a thing of the country where oh. they would take roadkill, like roadkill <laughs> tails, and like display it proudly on their antenna. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> and they started f- selling fake ones in the 50s. And uh, then it became a yeah. fad for like a decade, and then it just kind of died out. I like that. That's a cute. That definitely also dates the designers on the show, too, that they put that on his car. That's true. I've never actually seen that before. I haven't either, in no. I grew up with... Uh, like seeing a lot of Garfield in the window. Oh, man, oh, we all I, did. All I wanted was my parents wouldn't get a Garfield. They, My dad felt it was tacky. How dare he? <laughs> he was right. And I don't, I get it. He wouldn't want to drive around with a Garfield, but, uh, you know, hey, make your kids happy. Weren't those a mistake, the Garfield suction cup thingies, where they didn't intend to design them with suction cups, but uh, they came back that way and yes, they became a hit? Yeah, I heard. Yeah, it, uh, we, uh, I mentioned uh, the stories on our, the full stories on our Garfield Halloween special. What a cartoon. All oh, right. But, uh, yes, they did. Did a comic strip where Garfield was hanging from, like, yeah, exactly, uh, was hanging from curtains with his claws. They wanted to be curtains like that could grip, but instead they gave him suction cups in the prototype. And uh, as Jim Davis said, he stuck it on a window. Was like, if that's there in the morning, we'll make this then. And it was, and history was made. I I know in the twenty in the two in the aughts, truck nuts were the mm. the thing. I oh, know. we saw some the other day. And so they're yeah, still around. Some okay. cool sports cars zooming around the city. Silver car nuts yeah my car's a man damn it yeah and there's also like car eyelashes oh weird. Yeah, yeah if you have car nuts on the back you need a car dick on the front <laughs> well shouldn't the car dick be above the nuts then like i uh, no, i want them to commit there's like a giant dick in the front of your car oh, okay. it's like that i assume they'd be offended by that but not the nuts like sure just see a giant rubber dildo like flopping around in front of them while they drive <laughs> So I guess current way to decorate your car is to put those stupid stick people. Oh, the, the stick the people window. family. I like yeah, the edgy yeah. stick people where they're like ghosts or devils or something. <laughs> no, I like the one where it's just like one person and then a pile of money. Next yeah. To them. Oh, that's uh, I uh, that, that's replaced Calvin now. It used to be old. I never see Calvin. Calvins anymore. Yeah. Mm. I think Which is it's good. out of vogue. It's out of vogue. I'm so it would sadden me for the longest time that Calvin of uh, Calvin and Hobbes, enduring legacy, was a urinating child onto like uh, logo or terrorism or and he, whatever. He never peed in the comic. Never. That was a that was a copy of him filling a water balloon, <sighs> like looking like sneering behind his back, and then they made like a little pee stream coming out the front of him, and they turned that into a decal. Why? Uh, well, what's worse, that one or the Calvin praying one? Oh, uh, praying. Sure. Don't put that yeah. on Calvin. He wouldn't pray 100%. He would piss on something before he'd pray for something. I think that was a, a wholesale new drawing. They're like, this peeing yes, character yeah. is fairly popular. What if he prayed <laughs> to God? Uh, I love Homer's exit line as suckers. That's suckers. very funny to yeah. me, too. He thinks he fooled all of them. That's that's my favorite bit there. Uh, and yes, yeah, so Homer it saves the car from being <laughs> stolen to then steal the car, which I, I do love that. And uh, he then... He can't. He's right in. This is the first time I noticed he is right in front of the yeah. train tracks when he. That's turns a shitty uh, drive-in theater. If the train yeah. passes that close to it, actually, that's really. T- I didn't think of that as being such a terrible drive-in theater, though. At a drive-in theater, the speakers do not come from the screen. They come from a speaker box or you tune it into a radio station. I've I've only went to one drive-through theater. The radio, the speakers didn't work, and we left about 30 minutes mm. into Hot Shots Part 2. You missed out. 
<laughs> that train would still be distracting, though. But I oh, think yes. uh, Scully and his crew really tapped into how dangerous chimps were before the rest <laughs> of us were. We, didn't, we thought they were friendly. We thought they, like, they smoked cigars. They used roller skates. They, uh, <laughs> they had adventures. No, they just tear faces off. <laughs> this is actually the second uh, Talking Simpsons episode I've done that features ape-on-human violence. Oh, oh, I was in a right. we trust. And I yeah. talked about my distrust of apes in that well, one. We all knew baboons were evil, but chimps, that was a surprise. I don't trust chimps at all. They're scary. Well, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be here for the friendly a, a monkey episode of uh, News, the girly edition with uh, with old Mojo in it. I, oh, I think yeah. you're going to miss out on that. But I, he's not a chimp, right? He's just a monkey? No, I mean, it's 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 a similar area. Mm-hmm. He's but, a friend-style monkey. I, I would choose a, a monkey over a chimp. Mm. <laughs> if I had to pick one, sure. I Well, this feels like a 70s throwback seeing a movie starring an ape but around when this came out it, yeah. it actually was a resurgent in ape movies was it like ed there was and ed and gunston's checking Dunstan in checks in and uh there was one other what about uh most extreme primate when oh was that? yeah was that later mm, i think i was like 99 or something yeah what's the name what? of it most extreme primate most extreme oh mo- l-o-o-m-x-p okay yeah that's how yeah. i know the movie <laughs> Boy, I totally forgot that film. I, but yeah, they were they were back in vogue. Though what Homer's watching is totally supposed to be a seventies B movie starring an ape, not a not a recent movie. I Wait, think. who was in Ed again? Uh, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, yes, back to friends. Uh, I bet <laughs> Hank wanted that role too. <laughs> he goes after all the Matt LeBlanc <laughs> roles. Uh, though, oh, I f- actually, I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. Hank also was considering auditioning for the role of Michael Scott in The Office. Oh. That would have been different too. Yeah, he's too. Fa- I think they wouldn't have gone for it. I think he was too. I think he's too good at impressions. Yeah. Though then again, they they had a Helen Hunt situation there too, where they hired a guy who then became a giant movie star mm-hmm. right when the show started, and they're like, "Well, but we have you for seven years. You can't go." Like, and he had to do movies at the same time. I think. Uh, but yeah, ten years later in two thousand eight. Wide Load Games, the developer who was a collective of dudes who actually worked on Halo, they made a party game called Hail to the Chimp. That mm. was a oh, political you're right. yeah. Mario party, basically. Mm. I, if I, and nobody else probably remembers this. But. No one hailed to the chimp. <laughs> <laughs> but when that came out and I was pub- I was working in the games press, I was like, Simpsons, right? Simpsons? Eh? And everyone just shrugged. Yes. This was in a pre-Frankiac world. It was harder to prove that joke was in the show. And now it's easier than ever. You kids today, you live in a lucky world of how easy it is to prove a Simpsons reference or to make one. I didn't catch it in the first viewing. It was only on the commentary where I noted it that they pointed out that the Homer in the drive-in is posed like a very famous photo by O. Winston Link. If you just search that on Google, you'll see. Oh, it's, it's a, yeah, and there is a train going right by a drive-in. That oh, sucks. Wow, that's uh, that's <laughs> two people. Hotshot eastbound. Wow, maybe that's why they thought of the train. Where, okay, where did the train and the drive-in together? Did they just get lucky with that drawing and the train in there? Or? Maybe that was just like, oh, uh, they just put the two things together in their head. Like, he can go to the drive-in <laughs> and that could, the train could pass by. We could reference that, too. Like, it's a yeah. weird, like, who knows what came first, but... I didn't even know this until now. I just looked at the picture. So yeah, O. Winston Lincoln, just type drive-in O. Winston Lincoln, you'll see it. It's, there's yeah. a train going by a drive-in. That's t- a terrible drive-in. I got to say once again, ask for your money back, people in the 50s. And the drive-in movie is showing a flaming plane. 
Just oh, like in yeah. The yeah. Scene, oh my God. Right. Yeah. yeah that's the, exact. Oh, that's why wow. Air Force One is in fire in that yeah. shot. I wow. mean, let's be honest. Those people went to the drive-in to have sex. They're not watching the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That. That's true. In the in the fifties, where else were you going to do it? You got to get away. You got to get away from that family. Finally, escape the front porch and into your private <laughs> sex room. Wait, I've, never, I've never seen this photo before. Me neither. Yeah, neither. Same here. As Homer is enjoying his film instead of destroying the car, Mo is uh, a little nervous. You seem awfully distracted tonight, and you're sweating a lot, even for you. Am I? I hadn't noticed. Isn't it a beautiful moon tonight? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look up at you in one minute. <laughs> the train. You hear that? That's the train. Huh. Isn't that the most beautiful sound you ever heard? It's almost as sweet as your voice. Ah. <laughs> I love how bad his awe sounds after she compliments his voice. It's kind of a sweet moment. There's no joke there. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the joke just is no one could call his voice sweet because yeah. it's horrible. And a train, <laughs> a train whistle is not sweet. It's very harsh. Yes, yeah. Uh, but that I can't imagine dancing so closely with someone that sweaty. That seems uh, very uncomfortable. Good sweat, Foley. Once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, speaking of someone who kickboxes, I will say it, it sucks fighting with someone who's very, very sweaty. Mm. It's smelly, and when you try to Ugh. grapple them, they're very slippery, and it's hard it's to get a hold of them. Natural defense system. It really is. It works because, like, when you're when you're that stinky like uh, <laughs> it, it kind of catches your opponent off guard but does that get you more excited to throw knees because you're like you smell so bad I gotta get I don't want to touch them that was a strategy <laughs> in Dragon Ball uh, Bacterion yes, yeah, Bacterion the stinky yeah. fighter uh, and what's the what's the thing called where you cr- put your fingers together to punch okay there, yeah yeah what I know about Muay Thai is from watching original uh, the original years of UFC those are some of my favorite mm. guys like uh, Wanderlei Silva he was such a fun guy uh, a scary scary man not mm-hmm. not fun actually and guys definitely get way sweatier than girls for some mm. reason i don't know i again these are these heteronormative things i do not understand these uh, <laughs> uh but yeah so homer homer is loving hail to the chimp so much he falls asleep <laughs> he then decides he's going to try to uh destroy the train by he's almost makes it which had he succeeded he would have been run over by a train yeah like, <laughs> uh, that's but, what he was willing to sacrifice for mo yeah for mo <laughs> his own life i i just love to the gag of like you hear the train but he looks like where is it oh it's over there mm-hmm. like just a great visual gag dominic Pulcino and his team did a, a great great job and uh, so homer needs to find another way to destroy that car oh! i gotta find another way to wreck mo's car Oh, honey, this whole evening was so wonderful. Except when the drunken cops started firing at those seagulls. Ah, get him off! Yeah, yeah, the plan went off without a hitch. What plan? The what? The, the one, wonderful evening plan. Hey, Mo, isn't that your car up there with the rubber hippie daisy? The one that was parked in 7A? Hey, hey, what's it doing there? We're supposed to be on the railroad tracks. No, I mean, the parking lot. Homer, you moron. Homer, you genius. <laughs> Geronimo! <laughs> love that guy. I love him rolling back into the car. So yeah, he, he jumps out, then he rolls back into it because a rock pushes him back <laughs> it's in. so well-timed and laid yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, you listen to the commentary, they named the layout artist for that one who's who did a lot of work on the show. It was Ishvan Mayor. Oh, he comes up a lot oh, yeah. in commentaries. They, they said he came in for a freelance capacity, which like that totally... 
that seems like such a difficult thing to lay out and plan. Like it's you want to get a you superstar. Would, like, seeing a script and be like, oh, how do, yeah, we how do, do you this? do yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to type out those words on your script there, Ron Hauge, but uh, yeah. somebody's got to yeah. draw this. We actually watched this episode together in Vancouver for Aww. Simpsons Trivia. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, you might have heard of our last uh, trivia trials where we came in very, <laughs> very close to last, probably last, the last, the, probably. the first time we did it together. But this time we tied for first. There was a tiebreaker that we lost. But I will say, um, even though we lost the tiebreaker, we got the same prize as the first place people. That's Bunch good. of donuts. Yeah, six donuts. Mm, yummy. Actually, the, the tiebreaking, the tiebreaker question was mo related. Yeah, it was what all the uh, the people Mo would ask for in the prank calls. Yeah. Like my crotch. Uh, and my, it's my butt reeks. the most of them? Yeah. Or, okay, wow. Yeah, like you go back and forth until the one person couldn't do it anymore. Oh, man. Yeah. That's I a, kind of blanked out on a bunch of them. Yeah, me moment. too. Yeah, when you're under the pressure, plus you're late, late into a night of like your stamina's out there. That's and the, you've been drinking a lot. Yeah, yes, that too. That too. <laughs> I, uh, I, was, uh, I was always the lightest drinker on my trivia teams, but uh, though I was, uh, my, I never went to a dedicated specific trivia night of something. I always went to just bar trivia nights mm. and... Uh, uh, it was basically like you take all of the sports things, I'll take all the uh, movie and cartoon things, and then we'll meet in the middle on music and both agree we haven't listened to new music in ten years, in twenty years. It was called Woohoo Trivia. Ah, okay. Yeah, Woohoo Trivia Vancouver, the Simpsons Trivia Vancouver. Yeah, it's There's like a, a, bunch it's of like a franchise, but around. I recommend it. Yeah. And uh, did you guys catch that it looks like Kirk Van Houten is on a date with uh, Edna there? Oh, no. I was about to bring that up, actually, because at first, Edna and Skinner are dancing on the boat. And then after the train scene, Edna is leaving with Kirk. And he has a police hat on. Hmm. I wonder hmm. if there's a deleted scene there or something. I feel like it's yeah. just like a cute visual touch the, mm. uh, the artist yeah. added. To I tell a little bit of a story. Well, I choose there. to think that Kirk is impersonating a police officer <laughs> to get women. He would do that. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. I uh, been I've been car. on the force. <laughs> uh, the, I sleep in a police car. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Seagull gets revenge on that guy. That's a funny, very random joke of the Seagull attacking the cop. Uh, and yeah, Homer, Homer saying like, Homer, you genius. And also that how obvious is the car is like the, the, the flowers right there. Everybody knows it's his car. And uh, not just the roll back into it, but also like the deep trench in that Homer falls three times. He like he falls in the air, yeah. falls in the water once, and then falls in the water more. It's a nice callback to his previous falls. <laughs> it keeps, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. For, I mean, first like the car goes in the water, then it surfaces briefly, and then it falls, <laughs> and then it falls two more times, which is so good. Uh, yeah, and the and then it really does seem kind of like. Homer is very lucky to not die in this because he's really deep underwater. Yeah, I looked up how long it takes for a car to fill up with water, mm-hmm. and it's one or two minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's pretty fast. Apparently, wow. you're supposed to like break a window and get the hell out of there as fast as possible. Oh, like the most right. common uh, mistake people make is they stay put because they think, oh, if I open the, the door, the water will come in oh. faster. But no, it just creates this, a greater pressure. You can't open the door uh, or window anymore. So okay. you're supposed to get out of there. Wow. All right. That's good to know. I did not In case you ever find yourself somewhere just underwater <laughs> in a car, that's uh, what you got to do. It's uh, you'd, I would only be doing that to destroy Bob's car for <laughs> insurance money. And I hope he'd do the same for me. Sure, buddy. <laughs> Bob has a car. <laughs> no, uh, well, first you got to buy a car. Not Bob, officially. <laughs> uh, and yes, as as Homer surfaces, uh, he gets arrested, and uh, th- there's some cute Homer arrest moments here. This is easily his fourth time being arrested on the show, I think. Ha! Huh. Huh. Well, that car thief can't hold his breath forever. And if you can, Chief. 
then God help us all. <laughs> Oh, how could you? You're under arrest, Simpson, for Grand Theft Auto. Now put up your hands. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, let's do another. But this time, try to look scarier. Kind of like... Gorgeous, gorgeous, baby. That's it, that's it. You know, fingerprints are just like snowflakes. They're both very pretty. <laughs> I love it. That's Some odd choices. Line, yeah. yeah. Both very pretty. On we, the commentary, uh, they were wondering if this was Homer's first time getting a mugshot. Oh, that's mm, crazy. They think that. I mean, can't be. Uh, Can you top, think of any other time he got a mugshot? Uh, I have one right now. The, uh, the this was the first one that came by. I think he has others though. But when he is arrested for shooting Mr. Burns, they do not take his mugshot there. But they, when Smithers calls for people to hunt him down, he holds up an old mugshot of Homer with his Hague and yeah, shirt with a black so, eye, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Homer, at the very least, had that mugshot. I think but that wasn't shown on the episode, like him getting the oh, mugshot. Oh, getting taken. it? I yeah. guess not. No, but a mugshot did exist before mm. this. But I think characters we've seen are like Krusty and Marge. I remember at least yes, getting mugshots. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, on the commentary they do bring up that for ads they did like the couch gag on part two of Who Shot Mr. Burns is all of them having their mugshot. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't count though. <laughs> so couch gags aren't canon. <laughs> all right, so then this is the first time Homer has. Had his mugshot taken, though previous mugshots had existed. To to answer Matt Groening's question, which is surprising. Point. Yeah, I am surprised they didn't go. I mean, Homer's been arrested many times. There's when Bart reads Homer's rap sheet later in the season. He it honestly sounds too few times Homer was arrested. Hmm. Though uh, there's a changed line in there that all that I know about thanks to closed captioning at the time that I'll save for that episode. So wait for this little wiggy for a fun secret of a deleted line, folks, that mm. Henry has access I'm looking to. looking forward to it. <laughs> and Homer got arrested for Grand Theft Auto way before it was a cool video game. That's true. Although, yeah, I guess it was a video game in 98, but yeah, no one it cared was. about Who it. Was playing yeah, it? Nobody was playing that. That's a top British people. Yeah, yeah. The, the one only for Britain. Of it course it has a dumb viewpoint. It's a British <laughs> game. Boo. Boo. <laughs> I'm anti-British video game. You just had to work podcast. for the limeys. <laughs> they, I am tired of Brittos, thanks to that. No, I, I love all of our British listeners. Please, please, I love you. Thank you so much. I don't know. I've always wanted to try that first version of Grand Theft Auto. It wasn't bad. I mean, I, I played bad. it. It wasn't as easily playable as three. Yeah, the rest. And I've played throwbacks to it too, like um, Retro City Rampage. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They're fun. They're fun. But that viewpoint, just I don't like it. It's. Uh, it, mm. it not for the speed at which you play it. Like it just it did. I I don't like the rhythm of it. In uh, in a top down perspective, I don't love a lot of top down perspective games. And oh really? Even I, SimCity, the first one. Yeah, I like SimCity. Okay, you're not really controlling anything though. Yeah, I guess real time. I mean, technically, I suppose the original Final Fantasies are the, all the pre Polygon Final Fantasies are top down games. What about? Uh, Legend of Zelda. And of course, Legend of Zelda. I like those. Those are the exceptions that prove the rule. <laughs> the fingerprints are like snowflakes. That's a very funny line. I like that a lot. I Also, though, the pacing on this episode, this is another one in the Scully years that feels weird of like, that's the commercial. Homer's arrest is the commercial. I thought it was going to be, like the act break. The sound, it goes to like, and then black. Yeah. That's supposed to be the joke. But then it just comes back and they, I guess they instead decided it was a better tension on Hawaii than Homer being arrested. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, now it's an Natural four commercial breaks, which is what uh, Fox wants from them. I never like that. 
It's uh, it really hurts the show. You need three acts. Uh, but yes, Homer Homer is now in jail, and uh, his family is very understanding about it. I do love him telling Marge not to uh, worry her pr- pretty blue head about it. <laughs> Bart gives him a, pa- a carton of smokes. Nobody thinks it's weird that Bart has access to a giant carton of cigarettes. Maybe he still had some leftover from Fat Tony when he was holding them yeah, in his room. Yeah, I bet you. And then also the though shouldn't have that all been stolen by the the people at the end of Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. Ah, uh, you're right. Guess what? That doesn't count. It doesn't that, count. Nothing <laughs> can exist in their house if yeah. that's the case. That's a non-canonical episode, too. We're getting to a lot of non-canonical mm-hmm. ones. So cigarettes aren't the most sought-after currency in prisons anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you guess what it is mm. now? Cocaine? Uh, <laughs> drug? Okay, so is it... Is, Heroin. Is it a legal street it's, substance? It's or, legal. Okay. I guess you can call it a substance. <laughs> okay. Um, Toilet wine. I mean, I mean it, cigarettes are banned in prison, but okay, this so stuff is not. Is, is it internet access? No, it's uh, instant noodles. Uh, oh, ramen. I've heard about yeah. this. Yeah, it's the most sold item at prison. You concert. can make a shiv out of it. It's, <laughs> it was depicted in uh, Oranges and New Black too. That's right. Oh, bunch yeah. of ramen. I remember that. Yeah, the uh, you know Oranges and New Black brought up a thing that a lot of people don't realize about how horrible prison is. It's just like. It's not a bunch of free food. Like you, you gotta spend a lot of extra money to get actual good food or better food in prison. Like otherwise, it's shit. Like that's uh, that's that's the prison industrial complex for you, folks. And apparently, ramen is sold for like about thirty five cents. Oh, at the commissaries, and it, it can be sold to other inmates for two to three bucks, which Ooh, is a lot of money. That's a nice cut. Co- yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm liking this. I need to get in on this. So Bart uh, should have brought some ramen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess uh, in the 90s, the guys were still smoking. I'm sure they yeah, were, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Homer strangles him and Bart calls for the guard. I like, they're in their classic strangle pose and then Bart has to like yell for the guard while in it. By being strangled. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the threat is like not death row, but exercise. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. Yeah. It's less dark that way. And the, yeah, <laughs> and the interrogation chair. Uh, though, as we know, people at a local jail can be executed in... In Springfield. Yeah, from this point, there are no questions. <laughs> Homer then convinces Mo to spend the $5,000 on bailing him out instead of on his uh, paying off his credit card. But uh, Mo has quite a choice to make instead. Is everything okay, honey? Your shirt is so dry. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. There's just something I gotta do. Oh, look at that. Hawaii. Oh, that looks so romantic. Well, if Hawaii's what my baby wants, Hawaii's what my baby gets. Oh, no, that's too expensive. Let's just get a can of poi and eat it in the tub. Nah, 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 we're going for the real thing. First class all the way. Come on, we can leave tonight. Ten minutes till fresh air and exercise. (laughs) Hurry up, Mo! For the love of God, hurry up! Hawaii, here we come! Ananakuli, Makawani, Anaona, Nanalula, Hawaii! Hawaii? What about Hawaii? Mo? Who's going to Hawaii? Am I going to Hawaii? Stop saying Hawaii in there. <laughs> God, as someone who had to build a lot of those giant standees at uh, oh, GameStop, yeah. it's very well observed just how where the little motorized things are and how they I work. I was admiring that as well. Like, yeah. The view from the back. That looks very realistic and well observed. Oh, that's great. Yeah, man. I, You know, the closest I had to do that, I had to build some like you know, movie theater standees, but they didn't have half the parts that those mm. things have. So I, I salute you, Bob, and your retail uh, craftsmanship. And most of it would be like, oh, the eyes light up or whatever, yes, but yeah. uh, they were still pretty cool. Uh, but I do like how Renee's not really asking to go to Hawaii in this. 
That is. She's not even slightly asking. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm very glad they had this scene to make it clear. She doesn't want this. She's like, no, we can have a cheap. She's suggest. I'm there. There could have even been more scenes where she's like, let's just do something cheap. Mo. We don't have to do this. She's like, no, no, no. We got to It's, it is showing that Mo's self doubt and self-loathing makes him think he has to spend this much money. Yeah. This he is, even, yeah. He even ups the ante by saying first class all the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's right. Yeah. He didn't ask for that. <laughs> None of it's what she had. She just thought something was a neat standee, or you could just say, like, yeah, let's go to Hawaii some other time. Also, she could have just said, like, well, I can't just leave tomorrow. That's not like I have a job, Mo. I can't just do that. Those flowers won't sell themselves. <laughs> yeah, maybe that actually that flower shop might have flexible hours and seems like it's just a stand she runs herself. She's self-employed, I yeah. guess. Uh, that sucks on your taxes, <laughs> Renee. Don't, uh, I, I, Don't get I, me started. Yeah. <laughs> this is recorded on April the 8th. Lament of the self-employed. <laughs> Thank you for your money, by the way, everybody. Yes, you make it, make it positive. Stop saying saying Hawaii in there, one of the greatest <laughs> uh, exit lines ever. I have love that. either of you been? No, I no, have not. I, I want to go. Uh, let's go to Hawaii let's, right let's now. Let's go to first class all the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a stop right here then. <laughs> no, we're going to be in some poi. Uh, we'll go to <laughs> Japan <stop>. first. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so what's, what's Hawaii like? Well, I've only been to Maui, mm. which is like one of many islands oh, you can only go Only Maui. Only Maui. No, <laughs> it was really awesome. I went there for uh, a family wedding. Oh, I was nice. there for a week. And uh, yeah, it's like always the perfect weather for me. Like not too hot, not too cold. It's very... Uh, windy but like a nice uh, pleasant breeze like mm. I love wind uh, that's oh, a weird thing okay. to say I love wind I, like I just do <laughs> I love that wind likes wind <laughs> you should visit Chicago more often then it's all that it's a different like kind wind. of wind <laughs> that's political wind <laughs> yeah it's so beautiful there I like I would love to go back to Hawaii and go to a different island like maybe a bigger one because Maui's pretty small mm, I wouldn't okay. mind going to like Honolulu or something uh, I've heard yeah I've, I've only heard great things from every per I uh, could not have been more jealous of a co-worker who got to go on the one Hawaii video game trip that came up. That was back when mm. Capcom did stuff in destination cities, and this was Captivate uh, Hawaii. And that person would go on to work for Capcom, so I guess it paid off for that. <laughs> Wait, what did so, they do there? Um, they saw video games and wrote previews for yeah. them. It was You needed to be in Hawaii to write those previews. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Cap- Capcom was one of the last that was just like, oh, we'll fly you. We're going to spend $1,000 per person to fly them to... They did Rome, they did Hawaii, they did France, they did uh, they did Osaka. Uh, they, it was so, and then once it would have been my turn, they're like, eh, "Cutting back this year, just gonna do it at our San Francisco office." It's mm-hmm. like you bastards. You got to pay for bus fare. Yeah, <laughs> I I only got one free Japan trip ever. That oh, was the I never only did. foreign country I ever got to. Oh, to. Only one free Japan. Yeah, trip. I know. Only one poor <laughs> me. Uh, but I did get to get in. I got to see a game developer in Tokyo and one in Osaka. So and I got to ride the bull trip for the first time that was nice but. I got to fly to London as my only international trip for 36 hours where I got the uh, the sickest I've ever been in my life afterwards <laughs> for a little game called RuneScape you ever heard uh, of it it's uh. real good Oh, it's bad. about 20 years old and it looks like shit. <laughs> uh, the, I know Hawaii gets a lot of like both American and Japanese tourism too, doesn't it? Like it's a big, a big hotspot for that. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, it's in between uh, Japan and the States. So yeah, <laughs> I, you can even go there and get around just speaking Japanese was, uh, I guess, that shows what a uh, friendly city it is too. So I'm super into Terrace House on Netflix. I've heard that's a, a great show. It yeah. is. And there's a whole season where they're in Hawaii and that made me mm. want to go back there even more. 
more. I can visit some of the places yeah. they, they showed up in there. We can you visit selling, the house. Yeah. We can walk on the terrace. <laughs> you are selling me on this Hawaii trip. Do you walk under a terrace or in it? Or on top of it? What is a terrace? I think ter- a terrace <laughs> is something above you. You're looking at me. You should know these things. Uh, it sounds like you're asking me a philosoph- uh, philosophical yeah. question. What is what the terrace? What is a terrace? <laughs> you got to uh, build a terrace house in your heart, Bob. Oh, okay. Is that what the moral of the show is? <laughs> uh, yes, sure. Uh, there is a story I drew for Bongo Comics once. It's all about Mo competing with Ned's bar and oh. in order to get more business he there's one scene where he dresses up his tavern as Coco Mo's <laughs> and it's all dressed up Hawaiian style oh, and uh, I got so that was kind of fun to draw and also uh, I drew a little uh, homage to Jerk City um, in that panel Oh, so that's one of the cool. characters from Jerk City um, as a, a little tiki guy outside. Oh, wow. What what issue of comics was this? Do you recall? I uh, can't remember, but it was a story called... You Walk on a Drink, Terrace. Drinker uh, Bowler Failure Pie. I don't know. It's, uh, okay. it's like a parody of Tinker... Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Soldier's Pie. I can never remember that. <laughs> what? You know, actually talk about your comics and Mo. Wasn't one of the last comics you drew for Bongo? Was it was. the Mo comics? Yeah, the last story I ever penciled for Bongo was for Moses, like, Mighty Moses, like number one, Mo and Barney's excellent adventure, and remember time traveling. In yeah, it has guess. time traveling. I didn't have to draw Mo's bar very much, thank God. I think I, <laughs> I, think I complained about this in a previous appearance. Oh, yeah. All the things you need to draw inside of the bar. Yeah. So even when I was watching this episode, it was giving me like flashbacks of when I had to draw the interior of Mo's bar. There's like <laughs> booths and a pool table and the love tester and the stools. There's so many little things. All the little shot glasses behind yeah. all the bottles mm. and the, all the little lines everywhere. And the kind of like Tiffany lamp over the windows. pool thing too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so many little details that no one would, <laughs> would care about. <laughs> yeah. Not not anyone would notice if they were gone. Yeah. You're, you feel that way. But it's it's cool to walk around the fake Mo's bar and see all those things there. Like even the TV where it's supposed to be. Uh, and, the, and you can eat off the pool table there though because it's covered in glass. You you can't play pool there, so you can only oh, eat and, off of it. Oh, uh, and Universal Studios? Yeah, both of the Universals, yeah, in the Universal Springfield. Yeah, I better go there before they, like, shut <laughs> it down, potentially. Well, uh, you got time. You'll have at least a year warning on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, they are Disney characters now, though, so if it does feel like a clock is ticking on that. But uh, we can, uh, I'm sure we'll all make another L.A. trip together, for sure. Uh, but, yes, anyway, so Homer gets fucked over by Mo. He's going to leave him for Hawaii, and, uh, and Homer... Homer Homer's not ghost appears. Forget it, Simpson. You're going to the chair. <gasps> the interrogation chair. <sighs> Plug it in, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Ukulele. Pineapples. Beach pistol. <laughs> scandalously revealing thong. Going somewhere. What? <laughs> Homer. No. You killed me! Hey, no, no, no you, you ain't dead. You, you, you're just in jail. Oh, right. <laughs> Wait a second! I'm in jail because of you! So that Mo, what? That's Love from uh, Homer's Barbershop Quartet, right? That's where it started. Yes, that's and the then first one. It was featured in like the Love Tester, uh, uh, Grandpa the Love Tester, right as, before like, the music starts. A yeah. stock, a stock sitcom like character <laughs> line. Then it just became his catchphrase for a while. Uh, it's just so funny. His face shock. Yeah. What? <laughs> The joke is that Mo is a bad actor in this show. Yeah. Like that's what I love about it. Homer is a ghost and then he's not he's reminded he's not dead. He's like, Oh yeah. 
<laughs> and he still tries to steal beer. Uh, and he still speaks like a ghost. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, you <laughs> exactly. And the, the beach pistol is funny, but at, the one that gave me the biggest laugh was that he's bringing pineapples to Hawaii. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You, you would buy them there. You don't bring oh, yeah. better pineapples. That, that just... That idea is very silly There's to like me. There's like free pineapples everywhere in Hawaii. Yeah. So packing pineapples, which also take up a ton of space, you would not go to all the trouble to move them. That's that's what I mean, that he thinks he needs a thing like a beach pistol or that <laughs> even in pre 9-11, you can't fly with a gun, like unless you're a cop. Like, so he's going to pack a gun like you're in a lot of trouble. Can't even bring on anything vaguely gun shaped. Yeah. Oh, like, no, remember yeah. when someone was trying to go through uh, security wearing these crazy shoes, these high heel shoes with like, oh, the, like the guns, heels were shaped like yeah. guns? Oh, wow. No, I didn't see and that. And they couldn't uh, get through. They wow. took away my super scope. <laughs> I, you know, I heard. And that woman was Bayonetta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they would let her fly. <laughs> uh, uh, well, the, uh, well, anyway, Homer the, Homer the ghost tries to steal his beer. After he hears from the ghost, he, he decides it's time to come clean to Renee. Oh, how could I treat a friend that way? Exactly. Exactly. Hey, get your mouth off of that. Are you yelling at me, Momo? Huh? No. No, no, no. It's just that, um... uh, Renee, there's something I gotta tell you. Oh, no. You're gay, aren't you? No, boy, Renee, you sure can pick him. (laughs) Nah, it ain't that. What, so you're married? No, no. I... Hey, why did you say gay first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that, Joe. And, and we explored earlier why she would have said gay first. Like, uh, there's there's multiple reasons. It's for the audience to guess. Uh, but I wonder, too, I, I did wonder, too, if that was the... Did Do people guess gay first with Hank Azaria? And that's, like, the internal oh. joke that he comes off well, as I mean, he did possibly gay. The most character, the most famous character he played was a just very flamboyant gay, like, kind of pool boyish stereotype. Yes, yeah, Agador, the famous yeah. famous Agador. Yeah, that probably was the yeah, he I would in 1995 I would have assumed he was gay for being in that movie. Like uh I think gay Nathan, and foreign. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're wrong on both counts. Though he's I mean, he's like he's like an Italian Jew or something. He explained his whole background on his Mark Marin WTF how he he is Jewish but also from like Azaria is more of an Italian name. Mm. It's it's an interesting entomology on it. He no use his accent no more. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, also yeah, I just love her reaction to why'd you guess K first? Mm-hmm. I I do feel like this indicates how secretive Mo has been yeah. in their relationship. He probably hides a lot of things from her. Yeah, she, this, uh, definitely her reaction in the next scene tells you, she's like, oh, I didn't know you at all. Like, that's, that's why she dumps Mo, not because she's mad he even put Homer in prison and was going to let him rot there, but it's just like, you've been lying to me the entire time I've known you. Like, that, yeah. She was, I mean, we'll get to it, but she's okay with Homer being in prison as long as Mo tries to make up for it. She's like, you're doing the right thing, Mo. Yeah. So she's kind of like, I don't know, she's kind of weird. Um, perhaps she's being overly understanding with a, yeah. a person who just revealed he's secretly a criminal to your face. <laughs> like, you're just like, if I'm nice to him, if he's planning to kill me to cover his evidence, he won't do it. <laughs> well, this is a problem with her because she's such a gnawing character. Uh, her personality kind of changes, like, yeah. depending on what the scene needs mm-hmm. yeah th- that's true it's uh and just an over i mean an overly understanding woman to monstrous man is just it's a very sitcom trope than anyway I mean, that is marge <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> we've already got one of those and she has more of a personality uh but unlike marge renee does have a line <laughs> 
So, like a coward, I let Homer take the rap for the whole scam. And now the only way to clear him is to turn myself in. I, I don't know what to say. I'm shocked. I mean, you broke the law and betrayed a friend. Yeah, you're right. You shouldn't be wasting your time with a lowlife like me. Oh, Mo, don't say that. You made a mistake, but at least you're trying to set things straight. Yeah, that's true. That's true, baby. It'll be hell being locked away from you, but I guess I gotta take my medicine. Unless... Unless I send a letter to the police clearing Homer. Yeah? Then we go to the graveyard and steal two corpses. Oh, my God. We, we, we switch clothes with them and leave them in the bar. Then we pour some brandy around, like so. Yeah, would you hand me my keys? Uh, yeah, here you go. Then we light a match. And, woo, we start a new life in Hawaii. Goodbye, Mo. Where are you going, baby? You going to find the corpses? Yes, Mo, I'm going to find corpses. <laughs> Uh, what, well, you want me to come with? Renee? Dearest? Ah, uh, she ain't coming back. Ah. So that's uh, her leaving the series. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I... When she asked for her keys, I guess she was asking for her apartment keys? Maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I thought, yeah. like, I always thought it was her car keys. Like, maybe she, he was borrowing her car. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have one anymore, but. It could work for that, too. But yeah, yeah I think you're right on apartment keys. Like, she, they yeah. were serious enough that she gave him her apartment keys. And now she's like, oh, that was a mistake. Taking those back, Mo. So she did appear as a background character in the Simpsons movie. And she makes so two other. Everybody, everybody yeah, did, to be yeah. fair. But she also is in two episodes from 2010, obvi- uh, weirdly enough. And one episode is called To Surveil with Love. And that episode was the one that made me furious because it's uh, changed the Simpsons opening to be uh, TikTok. Oh, that's Ke- the Kesha. one. I didn't watch that episode. Yeah. I've just seen the opening. <laughs> I've calmed down a bit on that now. But I, I was like, heard about this. Why would you have Lisa sing that song? Mm. And also, that was the first time they altered the opening ever. It's just like, why for that song? For yeah. that song. It got him a lot of publicity. It, it did. Went, it went it, the viral. First, the first of, I mean, one of several stunts. But also, apparently, cameo in an episode called Judge Me Tender. I don't know if she is referenced or just in the background or something. Huh. But she's only okay. listed as being in three other things. Uh, well, keep an eye out for her in those episodes. And also, yeah. in the book uh the book of mo did you do any illustrations for the mo book no not that one okay uh, what does she do in there i'm sure it's just like one of mo's many girlfriends maybe on a oh, page or yeah. something like that you know fill a page is she in tapped out can you get her in tapped out oh i'm sure she's in tapped out <laughs> everyone i mean they bring they resurrect frank grimes and tapped out so she, renee's got to be in there I, yeah, I, I imagine she was going to throw into the, the stock of background characters. Yeah. yeah. I figured they, they use her more intentionally, though, because she would appear like um, more on the wiki, I think, if she did appear in the background more often. Yeah. Yeah. It seems at least a little intentionality, or at least when they're like, we need an attractive woman in the background, like some, something like that. Or yeah. I think uh, I, I wonder, too, if maybe Hank Azari didn't want to do this one because it yeah. ends with uh, Helen Hunt leaving him and <laughs> saying she's mm. not coming back. That might also make it hard for him to return to this episode I would think but I, I do wish he was on it I and now I mean this presage is like in two years that would be Mo that would be Hank Azari saying she's not coming back mm. and uh, I I think too you know uh, safety here guys if you're going to burn down something don't fully act out the burning down of it with the lit match yeah. and the brandy you can, method actor. <laughs> you can mime it without the brandy <laughs> and also just he's so excited like and then woof, like oh like he didn't mean to light the match he just was so acting heavy with it like he's so excited and he came up with it and then he so quickly goes to corpses, corpses. implies that he has dug up corpses before <laughs> to fake them. he knows where to find them and i i do love renee's very like real 
oh god <laughs> this is this is who you are i'm getting out of here like i like that i like that acting at least it's why she doesn't get to stay on a sitcom because she's not insane like in sitcom characters get to stick around because they're insane she's like willing to go on a caper yes yeah i know like she only leaves because you gotta you know set things reset things yeah, for mo, mo can't but have like, a date and it, reach you she's episodes. not like that woman in the love matter grandpa yes like, yeah. i can't believe you did these things for me that's so you sweet, sweet little <laughs> angel yeah yeah <laughs> you monstrous sweet she just stops at monstrous <laughs> like, yeah. uh and yeah the once that door closes that that did make me sad even in my first view i'm like oh that's that's it mo you got that's the last woman you'll ever have because you are you're a monster <laughs> i am glad that she leaves him because of who he is and not what he looks like yeah yeah that's, yeah yeah she's not because he's so like shallow. insecure about his looks mostly. yeah it's when she saw what an ugly person he is inside that yeah. that's when she decided to go which uh if someone wants you to help them steal corpses that's you, you don't be in that relationship anymore that's uh that is a uh a deal breaker gotta good. cancel our plans tonight nina <laughs> <laughs> well if, if this was a modern episode maybe she'd go on uh our relationships first <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah that, this would be a post on there yeah it's great oh, my my date wants me to steal corpses should i still stay with him y slash n yeah i i love that i love when it's the woman posting it she's like my boyfriend m22 says that we should steal corpses together am i being selfish that he that he thinks i shouldn't is this we weird is this weird am i wrong here like just the woman taking so much of the blame in those uh, in their posts those those always it, give me a laugh it's such a depressing subreddit but yeah I can't look away yeah no, it's true I, I just follow a Twitter that tweets out the best ones. That I, I don't visit the subreddit too much. And, but also, it's like, I don't want to know they're not true if some of That's them are. That's also so part I, of I it, I want yeah. them to be real. It's, uh, it's, it's like with wrestling. It's just like, look, let me just believe. Let me just believe here. Uh, so, unlike the unrealistic Christmas fire in Miracle on Evergreen Terrace, this actually does burn a lot and has smoke everywhere. Uh, Homer escapes, meanwhile, by, in a very funny uh, visual gag of bashing Hans mole man in the head with a yeah. book of how to tunnel out of prison i love that gag and uh homer still has fun as he's going there ro- riding the book cart down <laughs> must kill mo <laughs> uh and now and homer makes it there and he confronts mo in a deadly <laughs> moment i love this non-clever uh little quip he has <laughs> you homer thank god you gotta help me here uh, i'll help you help you die <laughs> You're going down, pal! I really want to sleep. It's a fun joke on what would be a cool action scene that you've seen so many action scenes take place in a place that's on fire mm-hmm. or with fire everywhere where really people would just pass out from smoke inhalation instantly or like after a few seconds. The first punch and then yeah. like, that's really, I, I like that comment on that. And also, yeah, the Homer help you to die. Not clever at all. Just very, very funny. And the, the uh, just his one swing, it is a good action pose of Homer with the fiery wood. Yeah, in his yeah, it's really, really cool. Oh, I love how after Barney saves uh, the booze and then them, <laughs> um, 
like when Bonnie passes out, Mo immediately gets up and starts talking to Homer again. Yeah. Like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's also that Barney very helpfully for edits pushes the beer bo- uh, out cases of the way. out of the yeah. way. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> if they want to clip out that scene, it's fine. They're safe. Uh, I like that too. I I love the double fake out on it. That first you think it's them and it's just barrels of beer, and then okay, he's got him the second time. It's like okay, he did, but he did grab two cases of beer for also. Her. Yeah. Yes. They hug over Barney's unconscious body, too. That's it's, <laughs> Barney's it's, dead. <laughs> Barney is dead. Okay, so this ending here also is another, you know, we talked about on Miracle on Evergreen Terrace and in others. This is a scully thing, too. If they write themselves into a corner and they're like, look, if we end it, you just assume it got rebuilt. Yeah. Everything's fine. Homer's fine, breaking out of jail. Yep. Neither has a criminal record they have to deal with. None of that. They just got to end it right there. But really, this leaves a ton of unresolved issues that you're just not supposed to think about i did like homer's comment about he can't stay mad at mo he gets him drunk so the last one we recorded was the joy of sect and uh homer values marge as the bringer of beer <laughs> so it's like the people that bring uh, homer beer are the most important ones in his life <laughs> like an alcoholic you relate everything to the liquor that uh and who provides it or where where they stand in relation to that liquor whenever they do these endings where they're like oh let's not think about all the loose ends they like to end on a song yeah yeah that just makes <laughs> you forget like oh what a fun song <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> it helps distract it more You're just like but what about it? Oh, I love this song. Uh, And I do love this song that they uh, end on. Yes. Well, yeah, why don't we talk, before we play the the ending clip, let's talk about that song. It's uh, the George Thurgood cover of a cover, the 1966 John Lee Hooker song, One Bourbon, One Shot, One Beer, which was a cover of the 1953 Amos Milburn original. So that's how far back it goes. And on top of that, though, George, with permission from bluesman John Lee Hooker, he incorporated bits from the Hooker's other song, another of his song, House Rent Boogie into that song, making for an epic over eight minute long tune that's, uh, <laughs> as, as Bob has noted, it's a little rambling, but it's it's a real fun bar. I mean, it's just, it's a bar song. Like, it's a bar anthem, not even a bar song. I enjoy the rambling and the little story that comes <laughs> with the, the song. I'm not a fan. It's like the preamble to a recipe online. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I hate that too. Uh, so we talked about how Brick House is a great comedy and an unintentional comedy song. George Thurgood also wrote Bad to the Bone, which is like uh, how many silly co- like that was in like every third episode of Married with Children like when Al Bundy got revenge on someone yeah. and uh, a million trailers that start yeah. with Bad Burn to the Bone and, and, and then it's really like Garfield or something I recall like Problem Child was Bad to the Bone too mm-hmm. God, yeah. I wonder how much money he's made off that song it has royalties. to be a million millions million I mean just that riff that riff is all you need to everybody like hey I know this character is bad to the bone or they are the opposite of that and this is a comical juxtaposition you know the the bass riff to uh one bourbon one scotch one beer is pretty close to the riff to bad to the bone it's like sped yeah. up hey, well, you're ripping yeah get, get some new riffs here george it's yeah. no it's no rock and roll christmas which is his next single after bad, <laughs> to the bone. bad to the bone uh, could have used a preamble too <laughs> uh, it's nice to know the episode begins and ends with marge being victimized like she, just, she gets really fucked over again in this and it was also years later that I understood this balloons joke. Oh, right. The condom machine. You didn't know about condoms when you were 15. Come on, Henry. Mm, I was an innocent child. Or, well, look, I knew what condoms were, though. Uh, I was in abstinence-only school, so they didn't teach us about them. But the concept of a machine that you could buy them from in a bar's bathroom, that I was unaware of. 
a friend and myself, uh, when we were maybe like 11 or 12, we knew about a, a restaurant slash bar that had a condom machine in it. <laughs> so I sent my friend in there and we just bought condoms to see what condoms were <laughs> from the condom machine in the bathroom. Those weren't getting any use anytime no, soon. No, though, no, no. But, but they were inflated. Wait, how old, old were you? Like 11, 12. Okay. Yeah. And they didn't show you in school what condoms were? Oh, for no. You, oh, man, wow. This is uh, in our King of the Hill square peg. We talked about how like in, in my school, it was absence only. Like if a teacher, if a teacher even mentioned what a condom was, you could be fired. Like for That's real. That's messed it's, up. Uh, this is our country. This is how it is in America. It's like they. Yeah. The, <laughs> you have to learn about condoms and bars as a child, not in school. <laughs> the, the I believe the way of thinking is, is if you teach these kids how to have safe sex, then they're going to break God's law and have sex. But if you don't teach them about safe sex, then they won't have sex. That is that is the assumption. Instead, they have unsafe sex and way more unplanned pregnancies. Like that's. But uh, the assumption is, if you were to teach them about, if you teach kids about condom use, then you're telling them to fuck. Like that's mm. basically it. So when you first found out what a condom was, were you confused? Uh, no, I mean television taught me. I, I yeah. learned from TV. So I, I mean, I got it conceptually but it would have helped to have learned more all the specifics instead of having to like infer things from many different jokes in movies i i should have i think it was the film booty call that taught me uh, uh, most specifically that was about all about it. getting a condom for said yeah, booty they, call for, that for booty the titular call. booty call yeah and also saran wrap for uh for um, the opposite yeah and whatever like this is getting too scary <laughs> i'm sorry the only thing i know about booty call is the cover image oh yes, the two yeah two o's form the booty oh wow uh, very clever. In, uh, in uh, that, Hooters did it better with the two L's being breasts. Uh, in that movie, Tom, da- Tommy Davidson, you see his butt too. We're talking about movies where you see guys' butts. He, he uh, for some reason, I forget why, for some reason he goes to the hospital and uh, without him wanting to, they shave his uh, pubes and he, mm. he shows it off to, uh, to uh, his dates in that movie. Uh, yes, let's that hear. movie's a real hootie call. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's hear the end here. Oh, Homer, I've been the world's biggest rat. Can you ever forgive me? Oh, I could never stay mad at you, Mo. After all, you get me drunk. Ah. Ah. My poor bar. It's all gone. Oh, Mo, Mo, Mo. Dry those beady little eyes. Your buddy Homer will get you back on your feet. Hey, there's a balloon machine in the bathroom. Kids, from now on, I don't want you touching anything in our house. Homer throws that right at her. Like, yeah. there's there's no way around that. I <laughs> don't think, think they should have dartboards in bars ever. No, no I think it's no. dangerous, yeah. They, they say virtual darts and virtual pool. That's, that's <laughs> the only thing they I, I don't like dartboards either. And it's not like we have a, I guess we have an American dart scene. But, like, in England, they take it really seriously. Here, who cares, you know? Do they still call them darts in England? Or is there another name for mm, those? I know. And it's not snooker. No, they I call think them it is pointy darts. birds. I had to make, I only know this because I had had to make video game pages in the database at the, at my first website for 
are all the darts games made for Wii that were only sold in Europe of like with pictures of real dart stars <laughs> on it. Who there? Brentwick the Staff Myers <laughs> Pro Darts 2016. I hearing Lenny there reminded me like wow, wow Lenny's not at this bar. Uh, he's not in any of the bar scenes until this last yeah, scene here. Same he, with Carl. They both graduated to Barfly by this point, but it's really just the regular Barflies who we see in there. And and also when Mo calls in the tabs of everybody, there's some very random dudes in the background. Yeah. There. Yeah. This reminds me a lot of an upcoming episode in a few years, Homer the Mo, written by mm, Dana Gould yes. about like the private quote unquote bar his parents the hunters ran. club yeah. or whatever it was called yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that one his Dana Gould was uh, fun. his his dad ran it yeah they're his, still alive as un- of this recording unbelievable he was just telling stories about them on his podcast wow. the last episode <laughs> you know midway through the episode homer calls mo his best friend mm-hmm. i was thinking is mo his best friend mm-hmm. nah, i, I would he talks to the most in the first yeah. four seasons i would have said barney yeah i would have said it was barney now not so much no. you, don't, you don't see them interact much at all and at this point. and he doesn't know if Lenny or Carl is the black guy, so yeah. it wouldn't be Lenny. Hmm. Maybe it's Mo not, is his best friend. It's not the guy who calls him Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, you know what? By now it has to be Mo then, yeah. I think. Uh, Barney Barney just fell down. You know, maybe it was also when he got sober, Homer's like, he can't hang out with him anymore. No fun anymore, Barney. No fun, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just noticed that Mo cries over his bar, but not over Renee at all. Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't bring her up. That's true. I guess he just knew he was going to lose her. I <laughs> think those tears are for both things, I think, yeah. too. He mm. he says his bar, but he could mean Renee as well. It, it could I, he could be hiding his feelings on that. But his mm. I love that Homer calls those beady little eyes. That's, that's <laughs> very cute. And yeah, fun a fun ending. But I just boy, I wish they hadn't fit in one last Homer being cruel to Marge. It's like, we haven't seen Marge in a while. Let's be mean <laughs> to her. Yeah, when the joke already is that she's being incredibly put out by having her home turn into a bar too. Hope Mo is sharing those profits. I bet he's not. I don't think so. The kids can't touch anything in the house now. I wonder if he's storing his uh, his pandas in the garage now, too, for this. <laughs> and how long in-universe, how long did this last before they rebuilt Moe's Bower? Because that, that fire either complete, I mean, that fire probably kept going until it completely burned down. Or it needs to be knocked down and rebuilt anyway. I'm worried about King Toots. Is it okay? <laughs> and uh, and the it blows air conditioner place too. Oh yeah, they're all in trouble. Maybe that the air block. conditioning place uh, blew the fire out. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Oh, okay, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, okay, that was a fun episode. I liked though. it. Yeah, it's, even uh, with the real Hollywood gossip involved in it too. I'm glad Nina got through the recording without crying too much about Hank and Helen. She was uh, <laughs> a major part of that community. I, I was not broken up about <laughs> alt.marriages.hank. Dot Azaria dot Helen dot Hunt. Actually, I remember when I ran the Hank Azaria website, I also had a petition to make an alt dot fan dot Hank Azaria. Oh. <laughs> it never happened. Oh, that's I think bad. the president needs to sign off on that, making a new news crew. <laughs> it, it is kind of sad how they dated for a long time, and then when they finally got married, they divorced within a year. Yeah. It, I wonder what happened. You had, a, like, you had a good point about this, you know, when we were oh, talking yeah. about it, that when a couple is married and then divorces really quick, the marriage is usually like the last ditch solution to their relationship yeah. problems they think mm-hmm. like oh we have to do this to save the marriage or maybe one of them says like okay we either got to get married or end uh, this. we have to end yeah. this yeah that's like it, a taking account of your relationship thing well also like she i think he could sense they were probably this is all inference here but mm. perhaps he sensed they were growing apart career-wise and he's like mm, no we could get married let's just do this like and i think 
think that the Oscar was the end. I do think it's a joke in Hollywood of like when one actor and an actor couple gets an Oscar, they kind of drift apart or they're not in stuff anymore. Like one gets more famous, like Brad Pitt left Jennifer Aniston for Angelina Jolie, who is a more famous person, a lady, you know, like it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I wonder if that was Helen Hunt too. She's like, you know what? I'm too big for this now. Or Actually, I'm- um, when I was looking up information about the relationship again online, there was an article showing a bunch of female Oscar winners who thanked their then partners in their speech mm-hmm. who are now broken up with them. Uh, I knew, yeah, I think for guys it might be extra I th- hard. I think it's a think. dumb guy thing because yeah. I've known guys that are like angry when their girlfriends are succeeding more than mm-hmm. them. I never got it. It's like, no, that's that's good for you. Yeah. Like, you're part of this, She's buddy. making more money yeah. than you. Come on. you the, Take it easy, buddy. And I'm sure Hank's career was helped by the fact that he was connected to Helen. Yeah. 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 I mean, it probably, it might have hurt him too that he was like, oh, I'm just famous for her TV show. I'm on her show. Mm. I don't know. It's uh, And I mean, also, he didn't didn't really get i mean i he's making good money when this episode airs but they didn't get their big up in pay i think until season 10 when they yeah. when they all stay strike they struck together mm. that's when he got so maybe he was also just feeling like money wise he's like not in in one in multiple of those interviews though, he's like look i'm sad about this but i'm also very famous it's it, these aren't real problems like he's he doesn't act like he's the greatest victim in the world for for these things but let's not gossip too much about couples, people. Yes, no, yeah. especially me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Keep this... your stupid comments in your pocket, everybody. <laughs> uh, Mo is a funny character, and I like that he got a, a big focus in yeah. this one. I wish Renee was written a little better, but again, I for me, I'm counting my blessings that they weren't crueler to a female character in this era of the show. Mm-hmm. I still think they could have done something more with her they just played it way too safe mm-hmm. i counted seven uh outfit changes for mo by the way wow oh, so neat. the disco outfit the park date where they're just holding hands the inline mm-hmm. skating outfit <laughs> the aquarium wetsuit the gilded truffle outfit uh the boat cruise outfit and the jail visit oh the suspenders, suspenders one yeah, yeah. I, like I like that one, one. yeah it's I very mo like yeah <laughs> i wonder so, if you ever wore that again hmm. who knows he's seven different model sheets that you can slip in the <laughs> yeah. mo package i was really having fun with mo in this <laughs> yeah. episode you know i bet uh i i've sometimes been tempted to wear wear suspenders regularly i'm like you know what these look like they do the job they're better than belts just don't wear a bow tie (laughs) (laughs) i I won't i will give you swirly (laughs) but thanks for listening folks has been talking simpsons i hope you enjoyed the show nina you're a special guest where can we find you what can we buy that you've made you do a lot of stuff yes i do video game merchandise for fangamer so just go to fangamer.com you can find a bunch of stuff i designed there by going to artists and collections Uh, go to space coyote click on that you'll find everything i've designed for them you can also also see my art on spacecoyote.com and you can find me on Twitter at spacecoyote that's spacecoyote with an L at the end instead of an E. That's uh, tons of fun art there and you have always you have fun tweets all the time. I really loved the um, your recent very insightful one about calling anime and manga Japanese animation and Japanese comics. Ah uh, yes that's yeah. my latest viral tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're going viral again. I have you're... not read any of the comments on don't, that. Don't do it. I don't <laughs> yeah. think so. I have. Yeah. Uh, I had a feeling good. it would incite some uh, heated discussion about that so I was like I'm not no. gonna look I'm just gonna state my opinion and that's it you had a very good point to make you did yes now everyone should follow Nina in case in case you're brand new to the show if you've seen on our patreon.com slash talking simpsons the amazing art of me and Bob in mm. simpsons form is by Nina you have given us so much more legitimacy than we deserve thanks and for our, 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 our sketch fest poster and our yep. 
Halloween tour poster, yeah. also by Nina. Very cool. And more to come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, yes, yeah. So much. Uh, so we owe you so much, Nina, and we thank. Oh, and and your book Sparks. Everybody should check that out too. Especially, it's a Scholastic, I believe, is the publisher. It's out there. Yeah, uh, Sparks, uh, written by my friend Ian Boothby, who wrote for Simpsons Comics for a really long time, and drawn by me. It's been out for a year now, mm, and we're currently uh, working on a second one. Ooh. <laughs> but thanks for listening, folks. As for us, we are Talking Simpsons. If you want to help support the show and get a ton of bonus stuff on top of that, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you subscribe at the $5 level, you will get every episode of this podcast and also our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, one week ahead of time and ad-free. And also with that $5 subscription, you'll get bonus series like Talking Critic, Talking Futurama, and the currently unraveling Talking of the Hill. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill with the Talking Simpsons treatment. It could be yours for five bucks a month alongside other things like interviews, end of season wrap-ups, community podcasts, and so much more. Henry, we have a new-ish $10 tier that will go uh, that will be incorporated with the previous video content on that tier. What is that, in case people haven't heard about it? If you love me and Bob talking this long about animated series in uh, The Simpsons, you'll also enjoy hearing me us talk about a different animated feature film once a month. We started it for our wonderful $10 and up patrons back in November, and we have done it for now a half dozen animated films. Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, a Goofy movie, The Secret of Nim, and newest of all, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. They all average out at about three hours, sometimes more, and you can only hear them if you are a $10 and up patron at patreon.com slash talking simpson. Subscribe today for a dozen hours of amazing podcast content. So I have been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast. Every Monday, go to Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine and please subscribe to it and like it on a service of your choice. Henry, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Whenever new things go live on the Patreon, you can follow me there for any and all new information. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks again, everybody. And we will see you next week for the episode, Lisa the Simpson. Down the streets I go. She are uh, hollering about the front rent. She'll be lucky to get in the back rent. She ain't gonna get none of it. So I stop in the local bar, you know, people. I go to the bar. I read my coat. I call a bartender. I said, look, man, come down here. You got down there. So what you want? I want bourbon. I want scotch. I want beer. Since I don't know when I've been drinking bourbon whiskey Scotch and gin Gonna get high, man I'm gonna get loose Need me a triple shot of that juice Gonna get drunk, don't you have no fear
drink, man, I'm gonna get gas. Gonna get high, man, I ain't had enough. Leave me a triple shot of that stuff. Gonna get drunk, won't you listen right here? I know it looks bad, but all I can tell you is I destroyed that car for all the right reasons. I'd like to believe That's you. That's my girl. You just go home and don't worry your pretty blue head about it. Mo will take care of everything. Well, Dad, in the meantime, here's a carton of smokes you can use to buy stuff. Oh, thanks, boy. I'll give you two packs for that candy bar. Three. Why, you little... Ah! <laughs> 